Hello everyone, and oh my god, welcome to episode 100 of Morgan Hasn't Seen. Yay! Yay! So excited! Oh my gosh, this is going to be so fun. It's going to be too fun. Is there, is, is there ever such thing as having too much fun, Janine? Never. Well, we're gonna cu- we're gonna cut it pretty close today, I think. On Morgan hasn't seen because what a treat we have for everybody, including ourselves. To be perfectly honest, I think this is just as much of a treat for us as it is for those wonderful people. You there on your couch in the car, on a plane. You're probably not on a plane at the moment, but you know you might be. <laughs> Maybe. Wherever you are, in bed, you could be anywhere. But it's going to be just as much of a treat for us as it is for you. On episode 100 of Morgan Hasn't Seen Janine. Because we're not talking. We're not talking about a specific movie today that I haven't seen. Oh no. Oh no. This is your nostalgic look back at the history of Morgan Hasn't Seen. The favourite moments. The not-so-favourite moments. The some movies that we might have forgotten about entirely for good or bad reasons. The Oracle, the Oracle-like predictions of Morgan. Yeah, everything, <laughs> everything. We are going to get into everything. We have some lovely voice messages to play from delightful, delightful people, good friends and good listeners of It's a Wonderful Podcast and uh, wonderful supporters of us as well. Um, we're just here to have fun today we're gonna go a bit longer than usual i already know (laughs) that we're two minutes in i already know that um but that's what these celebratory episodes are about yes what they deserve (laughs) it is what they deserve constant levels of fun janine morgan why did (laughs) you because you were the one that pitched this show to begin with What gave you this idea? Well, we were having a discussion. You know, we were excited about uh, Avengers Endgame coming out. We were. And I was, you know, in the process of about to do a big rewatch of the whole MCU to get prepared. When you mentioned to me that you hadn't seen, like, the first five movies of the MCU. And you were going to go into Endgame without this information yes now it's it's five early movies because as we all know my watching of the mcu is extremely unorthodox all over the place yes because as we as we know or as as we may not know but i'm going to tell you again now the first mcu movie i ever watched was captain america the first avenger now you may be thinking okay that's fine that's you know that's not a bad one to start with you know many people do start with that one if they're going in their chronological watch along not watch along uh, watch through whatever you call it rewatch um but the second mcu movie i ever watched was avengers age of ultron so so definitely some huge skipping (laughs) going on (laughs) there and yes it did take me right up until we started Morgan hasn't seen to watch these particular six movies. Yes. Janine, six, six early MCU movies that I hadn't a clue what went on in them. <laughs> to be honest, I, I really didn't. I really didn't. What were those movies? So, 
we had, of course, the first. Iron Man. Yes, we did. <laughs> the Incredible Hulk. Iron Man 2. Thor. Iron Man 3. Thor the Dark World. And then, of course, we ended with both having not seen Endgame. Yes, we did. We ended the series on a nice little discussion of Avengers Endgame, which is a method of doing the series that we used to do quite a lot, but we haven't done in ages, mainly because 2020 there was no movies. Yeah, we were kind of doing a series of films and then the bonus would be... A new um, release. A new release, yeah. So it was fun. It was fun that that's how it started. But yes, it did start with those six early MCU movies. I think it goes without saying that both of our favourites of those movies that we actually covered on the MCU series, series one of Morgan Hasn't Seen, was probably Avengers Endgame. Well, yes, uh, definitely. (laughs) But in terms of the actual series The solid five that were early that you hadn't seen. Oh no, there is um, six. There is six. This was a seven episode series. Oh really? There what is am I six. Missing? You're what not missing, missing any of them. You you said all six of them. You got Iron the three Iron Mans, two Thors, and Hulk. Yeah. So that's six. <laughs> so the three Iron the seven? Mans, two Thors, and Hulk. The seventh is Endgame. Okay, okay. Counting That's what I'm saying. Counting maths. <laughs> maths. Maths be hard. That's a good start. <laughs> uh, yes. That's a good start. <laughs> what do we think, though, Janine? Yes. Favourite of those movies? Endgame excluded. Um, I think I, I always just love Iron Man. I love the fact that they took this fringe character that wasn't super popular because they kind of had to. Because they didn't have the rights to the big named ones and really grounded him in, you know, really kicking off the series and making you really want to know more and making him kind of a favorite of the series. And kind of the arc is really great as well. You know, this kind of egotistical, cocky guy kind of really seeing how he's affecting the world in the bigger picture and learning from that and wanting to do good. So, um... And it just the whole redemptiveness of that for Robert Downey Jr. and what he had been through and this kind of, you know, the studio and everything kind of taking a chance on him. So I just like the risks and chances kind of behind the film and them kind of just starting with a character you wouldn't really think people would care about and turning it into something really great. Um, So definitely Iron Man is my favorite of those six films. Okay. <laughs> um, I just... But... Yes. Um, I think I know what you're going to say your favorite is. And I hope you definitely, do. Definitely on our, our watch of these, I definitely came with a new appreciation of the film, I think you're going to say as well. Okay. So. All right. Okay. Well, I just think it's fitting how Morgan hasn't seen, much like the MCU itself, started with Iron Man and became... A whole epic universe. <laughs> yes. That's really that's a great parallel to make. I appreciate I think it that. Is. <laughs> I think it is. My fa I'd have to say my favourite. Well, it, it boils down to two of them. Look, Iron Man's a good movie, but you know me, early Tony Stark really gets on my nerves because he's so selfish <laughs> and horrible. Mate yeah. very horrible. <laughs> but I really like the Incredible Hulk. Yes. And I low-key really like The Dark World. 
for the dark world. <laughs> Which is like most people's least favourite. <laughs> it's better than the first Thor, I'll just say that. It's more Asgard, it's more fun, there's wacky stuff going on, but it's legitimately pro and I'm not just saying it to be a contrarian out of those six it's probably Hulk the Incredible Hulk and I know it's the bastard stepchild of the MCU <laughs> we all know it is we all know it's not really a part of it but it actually is a part of it but it's a really good movie it's the most it's, it's a movie that really deals with the trauma and psychological pain of being the Hulk. Yeah. You know, because it's a serious kind of... There's a lot of dealing with depression in that movie, I feel. And, and like, PTSD. And, yeah. um Also, just, like, really getting a behind-the-scenes look of the steps he's taken to try to control it, you know? Yeah. Learning meditation and training himself and, you know. I loved it. I loved yeah. that angle of it. Um, I really did. So that's why I'd have to say The Incredible Hook, it's certainly the one that I look back on with the most fondness out of those. Like, you look at Iron Man 2 and Mickey, Mickey Rourke being weird. No. <laughs> I don't really need that. The first Thor with... It's set in nowhere, Arizona, um, with Chris Hemsworth looking weird. No, I don't it's need that. New Mexico, I believe. Or, but, no, oh, sorry, you know. nowhere, New Mexico. <laughs> um, Arizona and yeah, New those... Mexico look the same. They're not the same state, but they do look the same, <laughs> yes. don't they? No, the blonde eyebrows were, were a bit distracting. Terrible. Yes, they were. MCU, there you go. That's what I look back on with the yes. most fondness okay. anyway. So you have I um, Hulk first and Dark World kind of your second. So for me, mine was Iron Man first and actually Incredible Hulk kind of being my second. Yeah. So okay. Yeah. There's not really any of those that I look back on with any disdain, though. No. Um, I, uh, not really. I mean, Thor, I suppose, was the most disappointing because I really like Thor as a character, and the first Thor I just felt was really kind of disappointing, and. Nothing really much seemed to happen. Yeah. Um, but um, I think what excited me the most, I think, about how this series started and watching these movies and then going into Endgame. Like, had we not done this, you would not have had the weight of the Thor moment with Frigga and all of that no. had you not watched no. had you not watched the dark world <laughs> i would not have had the weight of a hell of a lot of stuff that happens in endgame had i not watched these movies literally yes. what's what's the biggest moment in endgame it's tony stark re-saying i am iron man and snapping his fingers yes i haven't seen i'd seen it obviously in a, in a you know in Clip a little or a video or, or whatever yeah, exactly <laughs> But not in the context the of the movie. Yes. And the impact of it. Exactly. Exactly. So I, I was really appreciative of the um, MCU series really and the fact that back. we started it off. Started off, Morgan hasn't seen with it, because it was originally just going to be kind of like a, a one and done thing. Yeah, we were just going to do this short little series, talk about these movies, talk about Endgame, and then just kind of be done with it. And then kind of the discussion happened. You know what? This was really fun. Let's and carry on. A, you, there are a lot of great movies that you haven't seen. A lot of movies I love that I want to share with you and would love to discuss with you on a deeper level. 
Yeah. Let's do another one. Let's kind of make a show out of this. So that's kind of where we had so much fun talking these seven movies and, you know, where that went and in kind of learning how much you really hadn't seen and like some big things and big series you hadn't seen. Uh, I thought this would be kind of a really fun journey to go on to really, you know, yeah. open you up to new things and popular things that maybe you were avoiding for whatever stubborn reason you had. Or <laughs> And look where we are now. Look yes. where we are now. Well, what was the series that came directly after? What was the series that made us carry on with Morgan Hasn't Seen and allow it to become what it has become? Well, um, I think in the trend of new releases, you know, with Endgame, there was another series that had a new release coming, and that was John Wick. Yeah. So um, since there were going to be only three movies, and I kind of wanted to fill out the series a little bit more, we did a bonus on another Keanu movie, Point Break. Yeah. So we did John Wick 1, John Wick 2, and John Wick 3. Parabolum. Let's not forget that. <laughs> Parabolum. I was so hoping you would remember that it was John Wick 3 Parabellum because we hadn't got a clue how to pronounce that word. Yeah, so we're like, is it Parabellum? Is it Parabellum? <laughs> um, and then he does say it in the movie and it's a Parabellum. It's Parabellum. It will always be Parabellum. In that very nerdy voice, Parabellum. Exactly, because um, I haven't got a clue what it is. <laughs> Um, yeah, it's tough to pick a favourite out of these, actually, because it might be John Wick 3 Parabolum, <laughs> but also it might be John Wick 1, because yes. I really liked the low-keyness of John Wick 1. And the it surprise of it. I don't know if anyone really expected anything, you know, big out of an action franchise after so long with Keanu yeah. Reeves. And, um, but I think it had the weight of, you know, being directed by stuntmen. And so you mm. knew all of those things were going to be great. And I think because it was directed by maybe stuntmen who, you know, their kind of idea of telling a story is through the actions. Yeah. That that was going to be the focus. So because that was going to be the focus, you really wanted to have a simple story so that, that you could use your skills to the best of your ability as a action um, stunt person director. Yeah. And you see that. So the story is very simple, but then you get amazing action that you've never seen before and Keanu doing like 99% of it. Um, so yeah, I, I think the first one would have to be my favorite for sure. Okay. Just because of the unexpected greatness of it and how it just holds up and it's always great to just put on and watch and how stylish it is and yeah. just Keanu being, you know, because I think for years Keanu has gotten this rap of not being the best actor. He has. He uh, has. Some of um, that comes from Point Break. <laughs> yes. Which we also um, talked about. Yes. Um, but uh, so a movie like this where he can show his other great skills. Yeah. Um, and be kind of this silent, you know, hero. Uh, I love that for him. So um, I I love yeah. it for him too. I, I, he deserves the success of the John that the John Wick movies have brought. Yes, definitely, him. Uh, definitely. It's difficult for me to pick a definitive favorite because I really do like those John great. Wick movies. Such a strong series. And while I did like Point Break, 
it's definitely like 17 hours too long. <laughs> Why is it so long? Why is it two and a half hours long? It doesn't need to be. It's an action yeah. movie. It needs to be way shorter than that. But I like some stuff in Point Break. I'm not gonna. I'm not one of those people that adores Point Break with every fibre of their being, like some people are. And you know, all credit to those people. You love what you love, and that's perfectly yeah. wonderful. Um, but there's some stuff in Point Break that I really did like, and obviously, if you're into surfing, you're going to enjoy that one. Yeah. Um, but I, I think I would have to go with a first John Wick 2. I think so. And I'm yeah. not going to do this too often throughout the course of this episode. <laughs> I really am going to try and pick definitive favourites because I'm so indecisive all the time. Yes. <sighs> that, was a, that was a great series. It um, was a great series. And yes, we did, we did add in there watching the third John Wick movie when it came out for the first yes, time in theatres. Yes, so, we did. Yes. Um, but we carried on. With action actors, didn't we? After yes. that, because and another a, new release as well, and another new release as well. We had a Will Smith series where we talked about the Men in Black franchise and finished with Independence Day. So that's Men in Black, <laughs> Men in Black Two, Men in Black Three, and Men in Black International. Even though that didn't star Will Smith, but it was still a Men in Black Ooh, movie. Black movie, yes. So that's where we figured that one out. Now. 115% the worst one of these movies is Men in Black International. <laughs> International. It no, it is not. Considering, like, the star power you have, you have Thor and Valkyrie, actors people love. It's really you know. the only reason why I kind of enjoyed it. Yes. Because I just love them too. Um, but, but yeah, it's it wasn't great, was it? No, no, it, it was very forgettable. The jokes just didn't land. Um, you know, the kind of villain situation was just weird, and yeah, yeah, just it, I just didn't have as much fun with it as I had hoped. And I like, I it's like I don't need to go see it again. I don't need to see it ever. Again. Yeah. <laughs> do you have a favorite of these though? Because I, I, I do, and I think it's probably not the one you think it is. Oh, okay. Do you have one? Um, Does it come I... down to the main two for you? Yes. Okay. I mean, I've always loved Independence Day just because, you know, I remember it was one of the few movies as a kid because, you know, I, I, that I remember seeing in the theater and I remember, you know, getting excited about, you know, America and fighting the aliens and, and all the great one-liners and the epicness yes Day. and that epic speech bill pullman gives and just the the hurrah of that movie and just you know having some awakenings about jeff goldblum and you ah, know <laughs> see, that comes from you know it, all of it? that right yes Okay. My, you know, preteen years and Jeff Goldblum like oh, makes more okay. sense to me now. <laughs> that makes more yes, sense to me now. I that just is thought probably that... the most attractive. I think I thought of Jeff Goldblum was. Yeah, I just thought that came Day. from Jurassic Park. <laughs> no, I mean that too. But I think I think with the glasses and the, the glasses the white helps. tank top and the, yeah. That, okay. Uh, yes, okay. Okay. Yes. <laughs> so are you calling it Independence Day for that reason? Hmm. For Jeff Goldblum reasons. The, I think, I think you know, while I would probably typically go for the first Men in Black, 
Yeah. I, I think, I think, you know, Jeff Goldblum is, is making, making ID4 okay. the winner for me. Okay. That epic speech and, and Jeff Goldblum. Certainly yeah. not Independence Day, the sequel. No. No, no. Not that no. one. Um, I'm going to actually legitimately go with Men in Black 3 because it's oh. great and it it's a time travel thing as well. And I yes. don't usually love time travel things and I really, really liked Men in Black 3. I remember distinctly that I really, really liked Men in Black 3 and you've got Josh Brolin as young Tommy Lee Jones. So you, so you get kind of like half grumpiness, but also it's Josh Brolin. So it's not entirely grumpiness. There's a little bit of fun there too. With yeah. Tommy Lee Jones, you get pure grumpiness. And it, uh, there's at times it just gets a little bit much for me, Tommy. It gets a little <laughs> bit much. You need to you need to liven up a I bit know. sometimes, yeah. you know. Um, but I'm actually going to go with Men in Black 3. I really liked watching the Men in Black movies for the first time, to be honest. Um, yeah. I'm way more familiar with the Men in Black ride at Universal Studios than I was with the Men in Black movies. <laughs> um, so it was fun. It was fun. Yeah, definitely a fun ride to kind of... And I hadn't seen them in a while, so it was kind of fun to revisit them. Definitely the second one was probably the not great. Not, not great. No, I don't really but, remember but the second internet, one, which tells yeah. you things, I think. Um, but I think um, I think the second one had the, is, was the Johnny Knoxville... Love oh, God, of course it was. One. Uh, yeah, yes. I'd blocked that out of my mind, <laughs> to be honest with you. That's and it was very, a... I think it was very short. It had Rosario Dawson, and it was literally, I don't know, we I feel like it was like an Rosario hour. Dawson. I think it was like an hour. <laughs> don't want to say it was like an hour and 20 minutes. It was like really short. Okay. Um. Uh, yeah, but yeah. international, probably the most uh, unrewatchable of, of that series that I would just never go back to. Yeah, because even Independence Day, like I would rewatch it, and we know my thoughts. Go back and listen to that Independence <laughs> yeah. Day episode if you really want to, because I just get annoyed with this level of patriotism. It doesn't even have to be American patriot; it can be any yes. sort of patriotism. But I, I just get annoyed with it, to be honest. There's patriotism done well, and then there's patriotism done kind of overkill, <laughs> overkill, and Independence Day is pure overkill for me. Yes. So so this series was based on another new new release with it the International was. with the Men in Black International. And so we get into our fourth series that was also another upcoming release happening. Yeah, we uh, we had these these first four were very much uh, decided based on what was coming what out was of coming the cinema. Out. Yes. And we haven't had I feel like we haven't had too many since then. No. We've just kind of gone, this is a fun series to do. Let's do it. There's plenty of these type of movies. But it was yeah. because we were, we were sort of getting the franchises done <laughs> uh, quite early, weren't we, I suppose? Yeah. Yes. So Which what is, what was this what was this series? This was a this was a big one. <laughs> it was a big one. It was the first real big one. Yeah. Um and I have to say apart from the MCU obviously. But this was Fast and Furious. Yeah. The Fast and the Furious. We did two movies per episode. I remember yes. that. Mm -hmm. um, we did it in the lead up to Hobbs and Shaw. Yes. Which we also did as as a double because it, it worked out, I think, that there was... That two and two and two and two. Oh, I can't remember if it did because I can't remember how many movies there were at that point now. Was there eight? No, so it mustn't have been. We must have done a, a one on its own of Hobbs and Shaw. Yes, I guess. and then it was everyone. Other one was a two part. But I, I liked the fact that yeah. we did that because we have gone back to that um, 
sort of format of doing series if we want to, you know, have a lot in a particular series. Yeah. And it's worked. I like doing the double features. Double feature. mm-hmm. The last episode of Morgan Hasn't Seen was a double was feature. It was a double feature. Yeah. So, so I think that's, that's always a fun thing that we've done. It was. Uh, I think. Yeah. You've got the Fast and the Furious, Too Fast, Too Furious, <laughs> Fast and Furious Tokyo Drift. I believe it's called Fast and Furious, and then <laughs> Fast Five, out. <laughs> The Fast and Furious, I think, uh, or The Fast and Furious Six, Furious Seven, The Fate of the Furious, and Hobbs and Shaw, Hobbs I think I've Shaw. got it right. <laughs> Fast and Furious Presents Hobbs and Shaw. Oh, sorry, Fast and Furious <laughs> Presents Hobbs and I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Um, right, a favourite Fast and Furious movie? It is Fast Five. It's... Yes. If I've got the, it's right that Fast Five is the one in Brazil. Yes, where everyone then it's kind of comes back, the safe, getting pulled down the street. Yeah, I did like Furious Seven. I always gave the end of Furious Seven, like, you know, the Paul Walker situation and his sad passing. Um, and I remember a load of people just being so kind of because I wasn't really familiar with Paul Walker. Because um, he was obviously most well known for Fast and Furious, and I wasn't remotely interested in the Fast and Furious before we did this <laughs> series, you know. Yes. So I always remember being never quite understanding why that was such a huge deal. You know, yes. I understand it was a nice gesture, but it seemed to be absolutely everywhere, and the damn song must have been yeah. like number one for <laughs> months. It felt like, yes. you know. Um, it was but then you got to see how how well they handled all of exactly. that, and, yeah, and the motion was really there, and like kind of seeing his journey through the series. Exactly. Um, so know, I will, I will give something. I will. I did. I will give Furious Seven credit for doing that, but the best one is Fast Five, and it is still yes. Fast Five. I did like Charlize Theron in the eighth one. Yeah. She was really good. Um, weaker ones for me. Tokyo Drift, just because it's a bit out there, and Lucas Black, my God, the fact that he's back (laughs) in the ninth one just bothers me um, with his weird accent. But I like the fact that it's a little bit different. I do like the fact that it's a little bit different. DK, Um, like Donkey Kong. Exactly. But the one that I virtually remember nothing of is the fourth one. Yeah, that one is kind of forgettable. Like they took the those off. <laughs> I haven't got a f- I haven't got a clue what happened in it. That was the one where Vin Diesel actually came back. Where Letty was supposedly she was an informant for Paul Walker, for Brian. Yeah. And she ended up getting killed. So it's a case of Vin Diesel coming back to find out what happened to Letty. And Paul Walker trying to find out what happened to Letty because he feels like he got her in that situation. Okay. And so then they come back together and they're like in Mexico trying to like pretending they're drug runners right. and all of that kind of thing. Um, I don't know why it's faded out my mind. I don't know. <laughs> but I know that the one that stuck with me the most is Fast Five, clearly, Five. because I just so, remember Brazil and running yes. through all the favelas of Sao Paulo and that sort of stuff. And so, everybody Rio. kind of coming back together from every movie you had seen up to that point. Yes. Um, yeah. So yeah, uh, five is the best movie. Okay, my my ridiculous favorite is Too Fast, Too Furious. Oh, we know that. <laughs> I, 
I what I remember about <laughs> Too Fast Too Furious was hating the luminescent cars. Yes, because it was. Is it not in Miami? Yes, and they just have the most obnoxiously coloured cars possible. Yes, this yes. Um, oh. You liked the muscle cars, I remember, but not the ridiculous. Um, oh yeah, yeah, like the toy cars, which the which the greaser guys do kind of make fun of. So you were kind of on the side. Of Vin Diesel's, Dom Toretto's, whatever it's called. I like that. Yeah. Like Dom Toretto's main car. Yeah. I do like Um, that. So, yeah, I mean, just the silliness of two, the fun of it. Roman Pierce's introduction, like, he just reminded me a lot of my brother. And, yes, just... He he was just really funny, and the, just the lines in that movie, the chemistry between Paul Walker and Tyrese was really fun. Like I really didn't miss Vin Diesel, like I thought I would. Yeah. Um. So I just had a lot of fu- fun with that one. So I think it's just silly and, and you know ridiculous okay. and and really funny. And okay. yeah, Roman had a great introduction there. So Two Fast Two Furious is my favorite, but definitely, of course, the best movie. I think everyone can agree. Uh, is five. Uh, yeah, and then Hobbs and Shaw was just kind of a bit of overkill, I think. Do you not like the fact that it it all went to Samoa though? And yes, I, I like that whole finale. A... Yeah, but um, yeah, it, it just was a lot. It it was a lot, you know, black Superman and enhanced people oh, yeah. and things like that. It's just it well, just... look, I just think this franchise is gonna get even more extra. As it carries on, because oh, it yeah. ain't going anywhere, Janine. Oh, yeah. No, I I love this franchise as ridiculous as it gets. Like, I'm excited about Lucas Black coming back. Like, just seeing him in that trailer really just, just brought a smile to my face. So, the, the um, best thing the Fast yes. and Furious ever did was stop caring about being a movie about cars. Because yes. that was when <laughs> I become, became more interested, when it stop talking about oh this car's got a certain amount of horsepower i truly have not got a clue when, when it, it became less about cars and more about family exactly yes yes um these movies are completely ridiculous but they know they are and they just go for it and so i respect them so much for that and i'm really excited for this new movie coming out yeah. um you know even though tokyo drift is probably kind of the least favorite for most people i appreciate them really trying to integrate it into the story and yeah. them really kind of doing this creative thing with changing up their timeline to include everyone that's been involved um, and kind of making their own little like MCU out of this universe. So I, I like have so much respect for them for building this universe, knowing it's ridiculous and kind of just going for it every time and just having a blast. So I, I absolutely love this series. And uh, yeah, I do look back on that series of Morgan hasn't seen quite fondly, to be honest, yes. in terms of like, <laughs> Uh, favorite series that we've done not the movies but as a series of morgan hasn't seen that's up there for me it is yeah definitely um, next up though we had teen movies because yeah, who doesn't so... love a good teen movie <laughs> you said you know you weren't that familiar with paul walker but we actually had paul walker in two movies here we in did. this series so. we did we've got <laughs> bring it on mm-hmm. varsity blues cruel intentions she's all that and rounding it out with not another teen movie, yes. the movie that all those other movies are <laughs> yes. referenced in. So kind of off to the side on our own, I did have you watch for homework. Also, can't hardly wait because you we did. couldn't include it in the series, but it was heavily, you know, spoofed 
in and not another teen movie so i did yeah. want you to have that reference point so i did make you watch can't hardly wait off to the side for homework <laughs> all i remember about i mean i remember to be, to be fair to them i remember a lot about all of these i do like not another teen movie and the fact that it's it's a spoof movie that just really works Yes. Because <laughs> you have to be intelligent to be a good spoof movie, and I think it is. It's it is, obviously a yes. very stupid movie, but it's a very smart it's very smart in its references and very funny in its references. Um Cruel Intentions, I just remember because it's weirdly sexual and it's supposed we, to be teenagers. It, yeah. <laughs> but it's not even the fact that that it's that they're also is it stepbrother and sister? Yes. <laughs> so it's, there's a little bit of incestuousnessness about Cruel Intentions that just came off as strange. But whenever I hear the song from the start of Cruel Intentions, I always like. I always remember, oh, that's the start of Cruel Intentions. Yeah. So that says something. that I must remember Cruel Intentions in a, in a positive light. And Sarah Michelle Gellar's kind of great. Yes. I mean, I, I had this soundtrack, so I, like the songs okay. are, are, you know close to my heart <laughs> um but yeah definitely I liked all heavily of these referenced. movies yes i mean they're all pretty solid for there's not a bad one here. there's not a bad movies one of that early 90s 2000s era of film yeah, like, there's, there isn't a bad one here no there isn't. um i i would just say not another teen movie is my favorite it's the first time i saw chris evans in anything so that, that's okay. never a bad thing it's and not. like like you said i think they spoofed and referenced these movies really well um on top of like 80s teens movies and you know sam levine's in it he is he is <laughs> yes. yes he is uh, um brilliant just really funny um uh, but yeah, I mean, I love all these movies. These are movies I grew up with, movies I watched and went to the theaters and saw a bunch of yeah. times, had, you know, had all my crushes in it, you know, it is the fully, <laughs> It is fully Janine generation of... Yes, this is my gen movies. of movies. So definitely wanted to expose you to that. And I'm glad that you, you enjoyed them. Yeah, <laughs> I did enjoy, I really did enjoy these. Um, and I, I don't remember what, I was thinking before this, maybe it was because it was just kind of a gap in teen movies. Like I've watched teen movies from American you know, several and, several yeah. decades ago and some teen movies from around this time. But obviously kind of my teen movies are of my generation, you know, so it, it's <laughs> yeah. a different style. Um, but it, it's it's a little, little bit, it was a little bit of sparsely populated in Morgan's movie watching brain. Yes. was this era of teen movies bring it on i liked i like gabrielle union yes. i will i will happily watch gabrielle union in, in in anything i think she's great um there was a movie a few years ago where it was just kind of like gabrielle union protecting her home from burglars and i remember like nobody else watched it or even liked it but i went to the cinema to watch that movie oh that's i so really sweet. like gabrielle union. um <laughs> She's all that's really good though. Yeah. I know it's a bit stereotypical. <laughs> it's a very with... tropey, yeah. It's the, very, the... very tropey. <laughs> Take off your glasses and you're beautiful now. Like... <laughs> full credit to Freddie Prince Jr. in yes. that. He he's kind of great. Varsity Blues, I think, is the one. For me. Is that's your favorite? Actually my favorite one of these. Wow. Okay, I was not expecting that. <laughs> I don't know what what were you expecting? Because I think I really think it is. <laughs> 
I would have thought you would have just gone with not another teen movie just because it's well, kind it's, of, yeah. <laughs> you, you do love that kind of spoofy comedy and just the amalgamation of everything that you saw. It's probably and the rest might have been a little too girly for you. I don't know. So Varsity maybe, Blues isn't though, is it? Varsity yeah, Blues is. <laughs> maybe that's why you like that one. Best. Possibly. Possibly it is. I There was a lot of emotion to Varsity Blues that, that kind of wasn't in the others. Yeah. So maybe it just, And it got a little dark as well. It did. It, you know. it had a few more emotional layers to it, which I think is why I appreciated it a lot more. And I really like James Vanderbeek. Yeah. I do really like James Vanderbeek. <laughs> you were even behind the I don't want your laugh. I was. I was. <laughs> you were I behind it. I don't want your laugh. <laughs> I was. I love it. I love it. I know it's tr- I know it's a tropey. I know and I know it's cheese ball and I know it's corn ball. Yeah. But I really kind of liked it. Yeah, so you got a lot of the Paul Walker exposure after the Fast and Furious and then he was in She's All That and Varsity Blues. So. Yeah. Maybe that was an, maybe that was another, but I out of those I look back most fondly on Varsity Blues. Okay. But there's not a bad movie there. Yes, I, I love all these movies. Well, um, we had another actor after that. Yes. Another so actor series. Honed in on a specific actress. We did. And for series six, we did Drew Barrymore movies. So we talked Never Been Kissed, Ever After, The Wedding Singer, Music and Lyrics. So um, Wedding Singer was kind of a debate because she's done plenty of movies with um, Adam Sandler. So it was kind of a debate on... Didn't Which, you force me also to watch Fifty First Dates though? I did, I did. So we did. That was actually side homework as well. <laughs> I, I, uh, I don't miss you giving me side homework. To be honest, Ginny, you haven't done it in a while. Yes, because it's usually me that... that does it for you now with the main show. So. Yes. <laughs> um. So the the I think the poll I kind of had put out was: Should we have Morgan watch Never Been Kissed or uh, Wedding Singer or Fifty First Dates? As yeah. one of the movies in the series, and everyone went with the wedding singer, and you were very disappointed because you, when I kind of explained each premise to you, you were more interested in Fifty First Dates. So then I, I remember like, liking Fifty First Dates. I remember yes, really. So kind since of that was kind of the one you wanted to watch more, but the poll didn't go your way, I said, "Well, let's just watch it, you know, outside of the show, and you know, you can see what you think about it and see what you think about their chemistry. So it'll kind of be there when we go into the wedding singer." Yeah. Honestly, I think out of these four that we have, what sticks out the most is the first two, is Never Been Kissed and Ever After. Okay. I really liked Ever After, because obviously it's a, a weird spin on C- Cinderella. Cinderella. A more real, grounded kind of telling of the story. And it's it's fantasy, and Drew Barrymore's great. Great. And I everything's great Ever in it. After. And... Is it the one with Richard O'Brien? Or is that a different movie? Mm. Rich, is Richard O'Brien in it? The, the, with the moustache. With the big moustache. Yeah, so yes. Yes, like yes, he does talk yeah, like that. It, I, I hoped it was the correct movie I was thinking yeah, of. Okay, so it's definite, Ever After's definitely the best of these four then. <laughs> Rocky Horror, the guy? Exactly, Yes, yeah. and he talks like a He does, yes, he does. <laughs> I, lo- I love Richard O'Brien, he's weird. <laughs> um, he's great. Never Been Kissed is good, though, because that's kind of another teen movie. Yeah. Um, it's, it's really good. The Wedding Singer, to be perfectly honest, I don't really remember too much of. 
but okay. I, I just know that I obviously <laughs> yeah I mustn't have hated it but I, I because when I think of Drew Barrymore and Adam Sandler I always go to the 51st date so I must have liked that movie better yeah um, music and lyrics though I will give Hugh Grant music and lyrics because it's one of those movies where he doesn't entirely annoy me so yes. fair play to you <laughs> sir Yes, I did like the, um, I love music and lyrics. I think it's a great kind of look at, you know, what happens to, uh, like, an 80s pop star and, like, how they're kind of, you know, trying to hold on to their career. And, yeah, pop goes uh, my heart, wasn't it? <laughs> yes, yes, and, like, even the end songs in the movie were really great. <laughs> and <laughs> <laughs> What a stupid song. Oh, yes. I loved it. And having Drew's character just be really neurotic and kind of, like, you know, Kind of out there and yeah. weird. Um, You're gonna. I'm gonna have. And, I'm gonna have pop goes my heart in my head now. Yes. Pop oh dear. Heart. Yes, and um, I like surprisingly, I wouldn't have expected them to have as good chemistry as they did because they seem like two very different actors on the spectrum, and you they know, do of of you know what they do, and uh, they had great chemistry. But I'm I would dancing. have to say. <laughs> Oh my god! <laughs> what what are you saying? I'm sorry. <laughs> um, my favorite of the series, I think, would have to be Ever After. Yeah, I'm 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 going with Ever After. I'm going with Ever After. I just think it's a a very very smart take on 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 that premise. A beautiful movie, a really well kind of designed movie in terms of production and costume yeah. and all that sort of stuff. Um, and it's a real. It's not just a a run of the mill Drew Barrymore movie. It's something yeah. a little bit different. Different, yeah. And I think what kind of set the idea for this series was just because I wanted Never Been Kissed in the teen series and we just didn't have probably. enough episodes for that. Yeah, so that's probably like, very well, where, true. Where can we do Never Been Kissed? And that was where a Drew Barrymore series. Fortunate that I do like Drew Barrymore anyway and agreed to the yeah. series, although <laughs> sometimes you don't let me agree to the series, do you, Jenny? You just like to force I, I, them I upon me. I love my power. <laughs> Although there hasn't, power. <laughs> there hasn't really been a time yet that you've actually just flat out used evil power no, to make me watch. No, I don't think watch. I've made you watch something terrible that you've hated. Um, no, but even in terms of like, you know full well that you could quite easily, if you wanted to, do a Will Ferrell series, but you haven't done because you clearly respect me. I do. So... Thank you. Um, I'm just I'm just here to say thank you. <laughs> no, well, you're welcome. So things did get a little weird here. Yeah, they did. Getting into the seventh series. Just a bit. Just, <laughs> just a, a bit. bit. It's so, a, a famous moment of Morgan hasn't seen someone say. Yes. Yes, Morgan is an oracle, you guys, if you didn't know. So for our seventh series, uh, I believe it was October, so we were kind of going with a horror Halloween vibe here. And uh, we decided to do the Final Destination series. And before we got into this series, I was teasing Morgan about him never being able to guess the big twist in the series. And, you know, he's going to be so surprised and he's never going to figure it out. And he says jokingly <laughs> that he just said this. Do you have something to play? Do I do. I do have something to play. I have Morgan, you know, after be taunting him and teasing him that he'll never figure out what is going to happen by the end of the Final Destination series and he just jokingly comes out with this. The fifth movie all will be revealed. 
by the end of the fifth movie, it's figured out that it's actually the start of the first movie and we've moved in a cycle like we did with the haunting on the main show last week and everything was a cycle and a circle and and everything came back around. We'll have to wait and see. You see, I was celebrating that, that I thought it was it was successful, but I don't think that was the right. Um, I don't think that was the right. Stop being secretive. <laughs> so Morgan jokingly says this, and it's exactly what happens. I just like and I'm how... over here having to just be like, well, uh, you just have to wait and see. Uh, you can uh. you can see by the end. I just shout at you to stop being secretive. It's great. Yes, I love so. how my thought process of it as well was because we'd recently done the haunting and it was just like, oh, stuff must just come back around now in every movie. So I'll just say that. And that's and- exactly what happens. And I'm over here thinking I'm so smart because he's never going to figure out what happens. And then you say exactly what happens. And so I have to just be like, uh, 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 you just have to wait and see. <laughs> it's it's fascinating. How did, so how did fact- this happen? I don't know how you were able to figure that out. So then we go through this series, which was, of course, Final Destination, Final Destination 2, Final Destination 3, The Final Destination, and Final Destination 5. And then we did a bonus of Idle Hands because Devin Devin kick kicked off the series and Idle Hands is a Halloween movie and we did it for October and Halloween. So, yeah, the fact that we got to five and what happened was exactly what you it's said. Just crazy. How did you feel about that? How... <laughs> it's just, I, I, well, I remember forgetting that I'd, have, that I'd even ever said it. And you're having to remind me that that's what I said, because you pay more attention to me than I pay attention to me. So <laughs> there must be something there. Um, I like that I, like that I uh, jokingly picked the correct answer basically yes. <laughs> i just like that to, to be honest i'm really i was really quite pleased not just because i'd said that because like i said i, I think i'd forgotten that i said that but it felt like a legitimately clever thing for the fifth movie to do yeah <laughs> and it was like a really kind of effective twist that you really only figured out right at the end. Like you got a few little hints of of the older technology, technology and that sort of and stuff. stuff like that. But yeah, you're not really looking for those things. So no, I'm more interested in Tony Todd, or obviously playing the human embodiment of death. You yeah. know that that's that's what I'm interested in in, in the Final Destination movies. Um, in terms of a favourite, I mean, I did like Idle Hands, to be honest with you, but I think it's probably Final Destination 3. Yes, I actually really like that one. Like, Mary Elizabeth Winstead, I think her performance really elevates these movies. Like, it does. You know, in all these movies, people die in these gruesome ways, and then you feel like people get over it pretty quickly. But every death that happened around her, she you could see the trauma. You know, you really could, uh, and like the really the strong fight to figure out like how to stop this. Um, so I think her performance definitely elevated 
what was happening in the story and I think it had a lot of creativity I like even bought the DVD and I loved that the DVD had like this kind of choose your own adventure kind of aspect okay. like, it has an option where you like you know somebody's about to die and you can choose how they die in a different way and you know there were like a lot of creative things with the special features like in the subway at the end of the movie um you can like zoom in to like a newspaper on the bench and you find out what happened to the people in the second movie that survived and things like that so just the creativity of the series has been super fun and i know it's been kind of known for these crazy creative deaths yeah um i think we definitely can safely say that the fourth one is definitely the worst one it's it's dreadful it's It's... the shortest one it tries to do this ridiculous 3d the deaths are just dumb i mean a guy gets his ass sucked into a pool drain like oh no Look, there's 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 really there's really good deaths in the final destination movies and to be honest with you this is another series that i give you huge amount of credit for for actually turning me around on my thoughts towards these movies, because I originally thought they were just kind of like... Like a saw, like a torture porn kind well, of like, a little situation. Bit. Yeah, a little bit. Like but obviously, like, the first, of, the first couple of Thors, uh, I was going to say, then the first couple of Saw movies, I do quite enjoy. They yeah. are quite good movies. Especially, obviously, the first one. First one. Um, but the Final Destination movies, I always thought, were just kind of a silly, cheapy franchise built around creative kills. And sure, they are built around creative kills, but there's more to them than those kills. They're the selling point, of course, but they're actually pretty smart horror movies. Yeah. And they have got a real... They've got a really interesting and unique um p- perspective and portrayal of death yeah, like you've never I, seen death portrayed in that kind of way than you have really, in the final destination movies yeah and i think they're really clever with the signs so then you find yourself looking for things yeah and i just i love the power of these films like the second movie is probably not even as popular as the other ones but everyone freaks the fuck out Every time they're on a road with with a lumber truck, <laughs> yeah. Now, yeah. it's just a thing. It it really is just a thing. Um, and, but yeah, I I do think the third one is my favorite, and it's mainly down to Mary Elizabeth Winstead. It oh, really, exactly. really is, um, because the big accident in the third movie is the roller coaster. Roller coaster, and as a a fan of roller coasters, you well, I I have I have <laughs> I have issues with the roller coaster accident being the fact that a roller coaster that is able to do something like that would not possibly ever be made yeah you know a roller coaster cannot come off the track it 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 can't do it can stop on the track it can roll back on the track it can crash on the track but it cannot derail the track an inverted roller coaster cannot derail the track. So, shut up, Final Destination 3. <laughs> but but I really like you. But it, yes, it is my favorite of those. It I, is. I would have to go with the first one just okay. um, because, yeah, I thought it was it's got such the a creative. It's got the bus, yes, hasn't it? It's got it? the bus, yes. Um, and just the creativity of that 
of that first film um, and this whole concept. I thought it was really smart and well done and just kind of the whole idea of signs. And then you find yourself throughout the movie once you kind of figure out the formula, you're looking for the signs. And I just thought it was really smart. And then like, it's one of those movies uh, where you can kind of go back on rewatches and find things that you didn't notice before. Um, So I I love movies like that. And I just think it was just such a creative kicking off point for this whole series and just a great new way to do horror. So definitely I, I, I would have to go with the first. I had a significant new appreciation of the Final Destination movies thanks to watching this series. Yes. Well, um, what did we have next? Well, I think we will take a nice little message from one of our friends who wanted to help us celebrate our 100th episode. So we did get a, a, a interesting three-part message from our friend Steve. Yay, Steve. Steve. Um, named 22 series and counting. So let's see what, let's see what this three-parter is about. (laughs) Yay. I'll be back to talk about more series with Morgan and Janine. Well, MCU. Growing up, I mean, I grew up in the 70s, so watching Superman and then eventually some of the Batman movies were cool. The MCU was so unique, and it did the crossover stuff way better. Adults and kids alike, and they even uh, got into some serious emotional territory, and uh, they were just damn fun, well-made. So uh, MCU is up there. John Wick also up there. I'm waiting for the connected universe where Atomic Blonde and John Wick team up. I know it can't happen, but they are both great action series. I just love Steve's voice. <laughs> I know. Like when are the, when is that ASMR show coming with the two of you? <laughs> Thank you for the Terminator. <laughs> Music as well, Steve. I liked that. Yes. I liked that. We we have to hear more from Steve. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Men in Black, cool concepts, declined over time. First one was fantastic. Makes you wonder, do all movies need sequels? Anyway, Fast and Furious, eh, I could do without them. Teen movies, I was a teen a long time ago. Drew Barrymore, she's adorable. Final Destination, first one is cool. The rest, didn't really pay much attention to them. Terminator, awesome, first couple. Great concepts there that they just could never really recreate the magic. Disney animated, I'm more of a Pixar kind of digital animation. Uh, Non-Disney animated, same thing, a little bit more digital than cartoon animated movies. Black rom-coms, well, that is fantastic to get a new perspective on things. Many enjoyable ones with Eddie Murphy, Richard Pryor, a whole bunch of people. So I'm glad you guys represented that. So yeah, he's going through. He's going through all our series. That's that's wonderful. I feel like we should stay save Steve's uh, last, last message one. for slightly yeah. later on. <laughs> yes. Just because I don't want I don't want to uh, spoil spoil too much the surprise. I mean, it's not a surprise, is it? They've already been spoken about these movies and these series, yes. but you know. Um, 
Steve, we love you. We do. We love you. Thank you for he went through all of them and just kind of gave his thoughts. I really appreciate that. We, this we love you, Steve. Is perfect. As <laughs> Steve's first message alluded to as well, the next series we actually did was the Terminator series, Janine. Yes. Where we did the first Terminator, the Terminator. We did Terminator 2 Judgment Day. And then because there was the weird retcon thing, we just went straight into the new release, which was Terminator Dark Fate. At yes. the time, but we also ended that series with another Arnold movie, uh, True bonus Lies. True Lies, yes, because um, yes, there were many other Terminator movies in that series that were yeah. great. Rise so of I the Machines, did... yes. Salvation, the Terminator, Sarah Chrono, Sarah Connor Chronicle series, and all that business. And there's many. Yes, so we just kind of uh, Genesis. Genesis, I forgot about Genesis. Yes, I think many people have. So I just stuck with the the three, and I did kind of have a special situation with uh, Dark Fate. Uh, I did get to see a preview screening. Um, I was told that this was the first time it was being screened for anybody in my town. And the director was there. Um, and they took our notes of, you know, what we, uh, thought of the film, what we would change. Um, a lot of the effects weren't finished yet. So this was kind of a big deal. Um, and I actually really enjoyed how they changed up the story and retconned a lot of the nonsense. Do you know what? So did I. I thought, I mean, I, I hadn't obviously ever got into the Terminator before this. The show was called Morgan Hasn't Seen. Morgan hadn't seen the Terminator. This was the idea. <laughs> but I did think it, how, it, how it was quite smart, how they, you know, followed the story on from the end of Judgment Day to the beginning of, of, of Dark Fate. I actually didn't, not, didn't, you know, didn't mind Dark Fate. I know some people yeah. kind of didn't like it. Yeah, I don't think I think they hated that John Connor, you know, was died, killed at the start. Which, but I think it makes perfect sense. Like, I thought yes, it did. There, it would make sense that they would send more than just one Terminator to get him. Yeah. So you think everything's fine, and there's still one out there that is just still programmed to want to kill him would be out there, and that makes perfect sense. And I think that makes um, uh, a point for Linda Hamilton's character to come back and exactly. be as you know, you know really determined as she is to do this for John and the whole for John kind of thing and uh, all of that. So I really liked how they retconned the story. Yeah. Um, now, Jean. You know, and I think, yes. Now, <laughs> we know you have a special fondness for Judgment Day <laughs> itself. The not, the not the movie. I mean, yes, the movie, but the yes. actual day. Yes. Why is that? Uh, because my birthday is on Judgment Day, and I, you know, tout you myself are. around the place as a character called the Machine. You are so, a Terminator. You know, it is it, it it means something. So every every year on my birthday, I watch Judgment Day. <laughs> Would you therefore say that Terminator Two Judgment Day is your favorite of these movies? I would say that. Uh, I think the action is great uh, and seeing bad as Linda Hamilton, you know, because you kind of see the first movie and see her growth yeah. uh, from there and see who she's become because of this fear um, is amazing. And it like, is. you know, it's, it's always great to see a strong woman in film. And 
I love that about it. Um, and yeah, just the action is epic. Arnold, like in his prime, is always great. Um, and you it's say, a lot of you fun. say, okay, you say Arnold's in his prime in Terminator Two: Judgment Day. Hmm. I think, I think so. Arnold had two primes in his career, Janine. I think Arnold had an action prime, which for my money is 1987. And I think yeah. Arnold had a comedy prime, which is like 97. Yeah, right? I, I think that's fair. The Terminator is a better movie than Terminator 2 Judgment Day. When you tell me, when you brought up the point that Terminator was a horror movie. It's a that, slasher. That, yes, that like elevated that movie 10 million times more for me. Not that it was like ever bad to me to begin with. It's a weird, um. low-budget <laughs> sci-fi slasher. Yes, and I love that about it. Um, the fact that you just kind of put that in my head and I never had seen it in that light. Like, I always thought, oh, yeah, Terminator's good, but oh, Judgment Day, yeah! <laughs> like, and I kind of just don't really think, thought about, thought about the Terminator that much. But when we watched it again and you just made that connection and then i kind of put that to the movie i just it made me kind of fall in love with it so i do really love terminator from this series and because of what you said um yeah. it has made me love that movie way more than i did before okay but well, i'm just glad for that, that connection and the fun of judgment day i have to go with that yeah, it makes sense because i i am going for the first terminator I, as my favorite of these of these movies, absolutely I am, because it is a slash movie, because it's a weird low budget sci fi horror movie, and because Terminator Two Judgment Day does what Point Break did and go way too long too and way long. too extra and be a weird early nineties action movie that thinks it's more than it <laughs> needs to be. Yeah, it, it definitely could have uh, took out some of that padding, but you know, just just fun. You, fun, you get them all done. There is a distinct genre of action movies made in the 90s that are super long and <laughs> very you know very impressively affected and shot and, and you know with big budgets and everything's very extreme and explosiony and all that sort of stuff but my preferred style of action movies is like a john wick one that we talked about is like a yeah the first terminator yeah. which is why that's my favorite true lies obviously I love same true director lies. <laughs> i like true lies as well though i will give a lot of credit to true lies it's a very interesting little story true lies yes. as well really though what we have to take away from true lies is potentially peak jamie lee curtis yes sexy she oh she was so hot in that movie oh my gosh it, it just is if it's and not the, the, true and lies, the balance. it's trading places. Yes. And the balance of comedy. I think that movie has a lot of great comedic moments peppered into the action. Um, it does. It yes. does. This is, what I, this is what I think. This is Arnold m realizing that he wants to do a bit more comedy yeah. in his slightly later career. Or, you know, he's not later career, but, you know, in... in the late 90s because true lies is 94 i think isn't it um so yeah he's, he's great at comedy i I, yeah. I do like arnold's comedy but it doesn't hold a candle to the first terminator it really okay. doesn't i really very really fair. love that very movie fair. yeah i love it 
everything about the movie, the fact that it's foggy all the time, everything's, you know, kind of seedy. Yeah, and hazy. even the music feels like somebody's making it in their basement. Like, it does. It's <laughs> a know. great movie. It's a great little movie. Well done, James Cameron. It's the best thing you've ever done. Yes. It really is. And it was the first thing. Was it the first thing you ever did? Possibly. I, I don't I, know. I, yes. Trivia. Trivia, Janine. I don't know. Anyway, we had something a little bit different coming after this. <laughs> oh, yes. Definitely a lot lighter. <laughs> that was. Disney animated movies. Yes. We had Lady and the Tramp. We had Hercules. We had Tangled, Wreck-It Ralph, and a goofy movie. Janine, you do have your distinct favourite out of these. We all know it. I do, yes. What's and that? That is, that is Hercules, of course. Um, Just the colour, the, the design. Like, I think... It was different than any Disney animated movie that I'd seen. The animation style was so beautiful. I loved the glow and the pop of it. I remember growing up just loving kind of Greek mythology. So even though, of course, it wasn't accurate. Uh, um, no, not I, exactly, no. <laughs> yes. I just loved the 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 aspect of that uh, in it and kind of the modern twists that they gave, um, you know, things of that era. Uh, the voice work is really great. The songs are really great and powerful. You know, Go the Distance is such an inspirational song. Go uh, the Distance, of course, that can be sung in exactly the same tune as uh, I'll Make a Man Out of You from Mulan. Yes. <laughs> and it sounds exactly the same. <laughs> sing it, sing it, sing it. Go oh, on. my gosh. Please sing it. Come on. All right. You gotta sing you it now. You have to do it. You have to do it. No, I don't want to do it. I'm going to say my three favorite things from Hercules. My three favorite things I from Hercules. I can go the distance. See, it works. <laughs> to it defeat works. the Huns. Or not even the Huns. You can say Hades because it's to exactly the same. Hades. It's the same. It's the same. Yes. It's great. Oh my gosh. Um, also, uh, I will say I'm in love. That kind of, uh, you know, 50s girl group aesthetic of that song is really great and unexpected. Um, and the muses, seeing beautiful black female characters telling this story, having that job of telling that story and representation there. Like, that was something I hadn't really seen in a Disney movie a character to represent someone who looks like me. Um, so the muse characters were beautiful and you know, powerful yeah. singing and the narrators of this tale. Um, the muses are one of my, yeah, the muses are one of my three favorite things in Hercules, along with, of course, the fact that Danny DeVito's in it is the number two thing. And also the fact that the Disneyfication of Zeus might be the most Disneyfication of anyone ever. Yeah. How they just make him a wholesome dad. Yes. It's but... literally Zeus. <laughs> Yes. What are you doing, Disney? Um, <laughs> out of these, again, there's not a bad movie. There's not a bad movie here. I have no. fondness for all of these movies. Um, I do. Wreck-It Ralph was good. Like a goofy movie, I know, has its cult following. Um, I do <laughs> like... it's a cult. <laughs> it is a cult following. I think it's a cult movie. <laughs> It's not a bad thing to be a cult yeah, movie. That's fair. You know what? I'm not saying that's, people that's are fair. in a cult. You know, that's that's bad. It's a cult movie. I don't think it is. Do you not think it is? 
You're yeah, laughing like at a, me. It's kind of an undercover classic that, like, there's a, a, a group of people who passionately love. There is. Um, there is. Yes. Yeah, there is. Uh, and it's a, I, I, like, I like the Goofy movie, sure. But 110% the best one here is Tangled. <laughs> yes, I knew you were going to say that. Absolutely <laughs> really it is. You really love that one. Yeah. The, the damn, whatever it is. See fi- the, light, uh, the lanterns. Yeah. Lantern situation. Oh my God. It's beautiful. Yes. Yeah. It's a great, great, great movie. Ten times better than Frozen. I just, I don't know Seven thousand times better than Frozen. I don't know why Frozen became the big thing in, you know, this version of Disney animation, but I mean, it should be Tangled. Tangled's yes. phenomenal. Um but they're all they're all good. And even, you know, Lady and the Tramp is obviously a completely different kind of vibe of movie to the others. Yes. because uh, it's older. Um you might be surprised that I hadn't seen it. But it's a it's a little it's a nice little movie, obviously, isn't it? It's a classic Disney animation, and you get the nice "He's a Tramp" song from Peggy Lee. Oh my gosh, I love 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 that song so much. Bum 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 rough. Yes, bum bum rough. Bum 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 rough. Which just watch Lady and the Tramp basically for that. Yes, but yes and I not think for the racist Siamese cats. Not for the racist Siamese cats. No, Get a we, whole we, ass we, song. we will mention that. A lot. <laughs> not for them. Don't watch yeah. it for them. Pretty obvious what our two favourites was in that series. I think Janine. Yes. But I, if I but this was animation season that yes. we did a little bit of animation season because we had a tiny little series Short of three series. movies. Yeah. After this one. Just called non-Disney animation because we weren't like being specific. We we didn't no. know if we were doing DreamWorks or Warner Brothers or some other independent thing. Yeah. And we uh we made it three different types, didn't we, I suppose? Because yeah. we have a Warner Brothers animation in Cats Don't Dance. Mm-hmm. We have a an Alvin and the Chipmunks movie, the Chipmunk <laughs> Adventure, which is obviously their own brand, isn't it? Um yeah. or is it like a certain production company is it paramount or someone like that um and then we have spider-man into the spider-verse yes which was just kind of crazy that you hadn't seen that it was and it it, it wasn't it, this wasn't even one of those times of everybody think everybody loves into the spider-verse morgan's not going to watch it morgan's stubborn this was just as i i legitimately haven't got round to watching this movie yet i have every intention of watching this movie okay um, so I, I'm I'm glad, obviously, that I, I did, and I'm glad, obviously, that I now have, because it is an outstanding movie, and is yes. easily the best of those three. Yes, I would call it the best, but my favourite, I don't know, is the chipmunks. <laughs> I, get, I get that entirely. I understand that viewpoint entirely, because it's almost my favourite as well, because it's the chipmunks, <laughs> and all I get to sing is my chipmunk Christmas song. Even though it's not even in this movie. It's not even in the movie. <laughs> but I, was, uh, I just remember watching it and singing the chipmunk Christmas song, and you know how I sing the chipmunk Christmas song, Janine. You just say Christmas, 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 Christmas over and over again in a chipmunk voice. <laughs> yeah, I, I I know too well how you sing that song. Um. Uh, I like the Chipmunks. I really did like the Chipmunk Adventure. I will give Cats Don't Dance credit because Warner Brothers has its weird little, you know, 
area of animated movies that nobody ever thinks about but are actually really good like cats don't dance is a really good hollywood story yes as someone who loves old hollywood and that era of film and everything you know i was really excited for you to see this movie and see what you thought because that's kind of what this movie is it's all about celebrating that style of movie and era and you know somewhat discrimination that comes along with that era um i really did like it told with animals you know pre pre zootopia or for you zootropolis no Um. we don't call it that it's called zootopia i'm not having the weird britishness of it it's it's just bad yes so i think it does this kind of uh pre zootopia thing uh where it kind of illustrates these things with animals. Yeah. Um, I think the point. songs are really great. Um, I think the voice work is really fun. The animation is really beautiful. And I just love that they set a movie in this old Hollywood time period. And we even see like old Hollywood actors, you know, Clark exactly. Gable and, exactly. you know, with their exaggerated features and, um, you know, nods to uh, studios of the time and the, that studio system and all of that. And like your Shirley Temple, what if she was kind of the villain, but she yeah. puts on this face? Like, I think that was such a clever take of villain. Um, it's, a, it's a, many would call it a perfect animated movie for me. Yes, so and that's I really why I was did really like excited it. to. That's why I was really excited to uh, share this movie uh, with you. Love the "Tell Me Lies" song sung by uh, Natalie Cole. Yeah, by my favorite song in the movie. But yeah, just with the era of it and just kind of the underappreciation of it, I was really excited to have you watch this one. I'm a big fan of all three of these movies. Yes. I mean, look, Into the Spider-Verse is in, is in another league of its own. Yeah, definitely. It really, really <laughs> is. For, in every possible reason. In actual animation and in cultural importance, yeah. it's just in a completely different league. League of its own, yeah. But all three of them are really great movies. Like... I'm happy that I watched The Chipmunks because it was the first thing I'd ever even seen of The Chipmunks apart from the stupid Christmas song. Um, yeah. Just the story of it is really fun. The the animation and like it's kind of has like you know the humans have this very realistic look and movement yeah. to them. Um, like the coloring, you can feel like it feels very painterly, like how everything's colored in the backgrounds. Love the music, boys and girls of rock and roll. Like that whole oh, sequence God, yeah. was so fun. The whole concept of them traveling the world where we do we get a little bit of stereotypical, you know, I love you very much. Heavy <laughs> stereotypes. Somewhat um, hilarious sometimes. Yes. Um, but such a fun movie, such a fun story, really funny. Um, yeah. Definitely. Chipmunks and Chipettes. Like, uh, it, I, just, I just love this movie. It's so much fun. So, yeah. yeah, definitely a fun little series we did. It was. Now, the next series, Janine. Um, it sort of kicked off a little bit of a recurring theme, I suppose, didn't it? Whereas in 2020, we covered an awful lot of black movies. We did. Which is a a phenomenal thing, because not only had, obviously, I hadn't seen all these movies that, you know, we talked about, but it's opened me up to a whole new side. Well, no, I mean, not a whole new side, because I had seen some, but it's opened me up wide to a whole 
new side of <laughs> yeah. of movies that I just yeah. think is very it's one of our more important series and I think we'll get on to our very particularly um important series in a short while yeah um but this series started off this was black rom-coms yes it was a february so black history month and valentine's day so i thought yeah perfect let's do black rom-coms what there are were so many these that I movies love. so we talked about something new just right we did a double feature of best man and best man holiday and love and basketball it's love and basketball janine it's just love and basketball it's everyday <laughs> love and basketball it's a phenomenal romance movie um, I, it was hard for me to pick a favorite. I love all of these. I liked something new dealing with the whole concept of interracial dating when you're kind of surrounded by your black family and your black friends and their expectations of them yeah. and all of that. And then kind of falling in love with someone, even your own expectations, and then falling in love with someone that you didn't expect. And I think it's an issue that's not really brought up a lot in, uh, you know, black films. So I liked that that was something that, um, you know, really came up and was really handled well and it's it's brought up a line uh that you Taz. use almost all the time now after watching it um let's not forget <laughs> that something you gave me the perfect line a line that i have felt for many for, for my entire life but haven't been able to put into words properly and may can make myself sound like an idiot but it's uh, Simon Baker, who's the male lead, opposite yes. Sanaa Lathan, or as we like to call her, our girl Sanaa Lathan, because <laughs> yes. she's phenomenal in all yes, of these movies. Yeah. Um, but he says, I may, not, I may not be able to relate, but I will always empathize. Yes. Which is perfect. Which yes. is a perfect, what an what a outstanding way of dealing with, people that have different experiences than you exactly so i love that it's that great. line is something that you've took and like have used frequently absolutely like that discussions the <laughs> fact that taking that line has been one of my favorite parts of morgan hasn't seen in its hundred episode run it has yes. absolutely yes. but love i really liked that movie yeah great movie as well best man best man holiday um just love these movies they felt like kind of mainstream comedies but just all black people and just which one's of... better uh, best man holiday i mean i know you took a bit of issue with the emotional pain that kind of happens at the end but i think <sighs> in going through the whole of the series i think it made sense um yeah. it, it gave kind of the group a reason to kind of put their long time differences aside like she was kind of it was kind of like the colson death of the mcu like M mia's death kind of brought everyone together you're not wrong you are not wrong in a colson type of way and kind of put differences aside so i liked that aspect of it um i do like how the best man really kind of introduced me to tay diggs though yeah, because you hadn't really like seen from, anything with I him. I hadn't really seen anything with him in, or at least that, you know, was kind of noticeable for me of, oh, that's yeah. Tay Diggs. Because um, I, I've now, as we've moved on throughout Morgan Hazard scene, seen a little bit of a number of Tay Diggs movies. Yeah. And I really like Tay Diggs. 
I really like him. He's cool. Yeah, he's great. I like TEDx. Oh. Um, I, but I so do you're like, saying I, love and basketball is your favorite, I am probably. I 110% saying love and basketball. Sinar Lathan and Omar Epps. Phenomenal chemistry throughout that movie. Yeah, and such definitely. a a powerful movie, both about love and about basketball. Like, it's a sports <laughs> movie. Yes. And a romance movie. It's like, there's comedic moments in it. Yeah. But it's much less of a comedy than the other three, or the yeah. other four movies here that we that we talked about. I'll give Just Right credit as well, because that's a little bit that's of a, a basketball little, movie too. Yeah. And, like, I just love that it's not your typical kind of, you know stereotypical you know idea of beauty being your lead you know your romantic lead actress so i i love you know queen latifah is gorgeous and beautiful and i love that i she love gets queen latifah be, you know the you know people the, who the, don't i don't trust people movie. who don't like queen latifah yeah i don't i truly I, don't i think i think i have to go with something new just because it's a concept okay. that i relate to and it's it's a concept that you don't really see discussed a lot in black films so i think it's very interesting how it goes about it and how you know there's judgment from black people when they kind yeah. of outside of and just what comes along with that and their relationship is really great and i think it's kind of underrated so i really love something new okay lovely well there we go we got into a little bit of a um series of series now <laughs> yes very I was, similar I was, to i was thinking other. outside the box i was getting a little kind of clever with my thought process you were in the series <laughs> you were we started with janine movies about tv yes what did that include so that included movies that were about the concept of tv so not necessarily a tv show that exists so we had the running man ed tv stay tuned and galaxy quest again i really liked all of these movies i really did Galaxy Quest, I know, has its serious cult following. Yeah. Um, much like Galaxy Quest, the fake TV show itself in the actual <laughs> movie Galaxy Quest. Yes. Um, but Galaxy Quest is a really, really fun movie. It's a very clever movie on fandoms and all the evils that can come with a fandom. Yeah. So I'll give Galaxy Quest a lot of credit for doing that. Ed TV is definitely the smartest movie of all these. Yeah. And I remember us watching and thinking, this is really smart. And I just, me having seen it many times, like just kind of having that revelation of this is, this is way smarter than I remember it being. For a movie that came out in the late 90s, I think, was it 96? I want to say, yeah. It's still impossibly relevant in terms of how we are so fixated on trending topics and that kind of stuff but they go away very quickly or they can overwhelm said people very quickly um a very very clever movie i really really liked ted tv i really really liked ted tv stay tuned was fun it was weird it was wacky john ritter going through all these little devil tv channels yes hilarious (laughs) is great as well (laughs) he is the Running Man has the music. <laughs> and <laughs> what did I love about the Terminator, Janine? The music. <laughs> I loved the music, but I also loved the fact that it was a weird, lower budget kind of sci-fi horror, horror movie. movie. Yes. And that's what and, The Running Man is. 
And you get a Latina female lead who's not kind of a damsel. She's kind of kicking ass herself. And like, I don't know that we got a lot of that, you know. Certainly not in 1987. Yeah. So definitely uh, was really great to see that as well. That's also why I said 1987 is peak Arnold action because you have this and you have Predator. Yes. So it's kind of, oh my God, this is absolutely, definitely peak Arnold action. I'm sorry. The Running Man's great. I really like The Running Man. The music definitely takes it to a next to a, a to another level. It really, really does. I'm struggling to pick a favorite here. I know. Um, I think I'm just gonna have to go with Galaxy Quest. I am part of that, you know, rabid following of fans who just love this movie. Um, seeing Alan Rickman do some comedy and uh, just the whole concept of it is really great, and just kind of really shining a a light on that you know fandom world that you know we didn't really see that much because you know it was before you know well yeah it was before anything online yeah online and cons were uh, like a big thing that people knew about and you know it was kind of a a inside thing so really and you know a lot of people who are deep in those kinds of worlds you know laud this depiction as as pretty accurate um so it yeah. like it all felt very real and then the fact that you know they put this spin on it of, of, of aliens and the concept of all of these things in the show being real i think was such a smart idea for a movie and it is um yeah it, it's so much fun so i i think i love all of these movies but i i have to go with galaxy quest i think i'm going to go for rewatchability here okay and therefore, I'm going with The Running Man. Okay. If I'm also going with rewatchability, if I'm going with what I actually think is the best and cleverest movie, it's Ed TV. Okay. If I'm going with... Yeah, it is. It is. I think Galaxy Quest is second on both of those lists in terms of watchability and cleverness. Yeah. Stay Tuned I really did like, but it's a different kind of movie it's just a weird little movie yeah which is great and you can re-watch it but is it as rewatchable as the running man and galaxy quest but to some people probably yeah. but to me I, I would rather go back and watch those two okay i mean the running man mainly for the music and the fact that it's just the kind of it's kind of retro fu- retro futuristic yeah i always like that's why yeah. i like you know practical sets in old sci-fi movies yeah because it's retro futuristic yeah um i I always love that the running man i think the running man okay and it's phenomenal synth score yes it's great well we had we had your thinking outside the box in the next series janine what was this so this was movies based on tv shows so we had the man from uncle maverick we did a double feature of Charlie's Angels 1 and 2, uh, George of the Jungle, and Star Trek 2, The Wrath of Khan. I mean, it is The Wrath of Khan. The favourite. The favourite is definitely The Wrath of Khan. The favourite of The Wrath of Khan is pretty closely followed by Maverick, though. Yes, that was a really fun one as well. Um, and I, I liked that we actually did go and watch an episode of each of these shows to kind of get a sense of, you know, what the movie was taking from. 
Um, Before I said there has been favorite series of Morgan hasn't seen that have nothing to do with the quality of the movies in them. And this is one, again, of my absolute favorite series we've done because of that concept where we went and watched an episode of the TV show as well. Yes. So we could kind of see what they were pulling from, um, what, you know, kind of transferred over what elements lent themselves well to being developed into a film and things like that. So yeah, yeah, I thought that was really fun that we did that, that we did go and watch one episode of the show before we watched the movie to kind of get that comparative look. Um, yeah, I I think ugh, this is tough. Um, Maverick, I think, is my favorite. Just um, I remember growing up watching that movie and just having so much fun with it. Um, and then having seen the show, um, I think it's a great, they've definitely pulled a lot from that. So, yeah. So, I mean, even as ridiculous as the Charlie's Angels movies are, uh, I always have a lot of fun with those ones. Um, uh, Wrath of Khan was great. I, I think it, w- it was fun to kind of actually check out that episode because I had heard for years that that Space Seed episode played into the show. And I definitely want us to do a full Star Wars or Star Wars <laughs> Star Trek series uh, somewhere down fun, the though, line. We? So that'll be. <laughs> We're not doing a Star Wars one. Janine, no, you're I, I not allowed to talk Star about Wars. Star I think, Wars. <laughs> I think Morgan has seen Star Wars. Um, but yeah, I would. You're not allowed to talk about Star Wars <laughs> on a podcast, Janine. <laughs> you get death threats. Sorry, my bad, my bad. We're not allowed um... to do it. We can get away with Star Trek. Star Trek's fine. We can do that. Yes, I, I think we'll be safe. But um, yeah, I, I and you haven't seen any Star Trek, so. Uh, definitely something I want to do down the line. But yeah, George of the Jungle, uh, George, Brent, Brendan Fraser in that movie. So great. So much fun. Uh, and Man from Uncle, underrated, but now, you know, with Army Hammer, kind of kind of ruins that one we can't, for me. We can't, we can't do Army <laughs> Hammer anymore, can I, we? I know. We can't, which but, is, un, which is yeah. unfortunate because of the Man from Uncle, and also like Call Me By Your Name, which is a really great movie. Yeah. But, we, we, but we can't do Army Hammer anymore. Ooh. No. No. Oh, it, it's sad. It really, it's quite sad. It is. Yes. George of the Jungle, I consider knockoff Tarzan. So <laughs> Tarzan's always better there. Charlie's Angels. I preferred the television show to the movies, even though the movies had Drew Barrymore in them. And okay. I love Drew Barrymore. Fair enough. <laughs> I'll give Maverick credit, though. I really did like okay. Maverick. Maverick does come a close second to The Wrath of Khan. But The Wrath of Khan is one of sci-fi's best ever movies. Yeah. Never mind just, you know, this series of Morgan hasn't seen. It's a phenomenal movie. Um, But yeah, I loved that series. I loved doing that series. Yeah, it was so much fun. I I loved doing the TV shows and then going into the movies. That was really a fun idea that we we had. Yeah. yeah. Well, you had. (laughs) Well, uh, you know. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Then we went from TV to music. We We did. Really into music. So we did our 14 series on movies about music. We talked Almost Famous, Detroit Rock City, Hustle and Flow, and Baby Driver. Again, like, really, we can't do Baby Driver anymore now. I mean, there's two actors in there now. It was just one, and now it's it was kind just of two. one. I was, 
you know, I, I was a little bit questionable. Bit problematic. Was, I was a little bit questionable over us doing Baby Driver in the first place. Yeah. Um, because of one particularly large situa- uh, case, you know. Yes. But now it's just gotten worse, hasn't it, really? <laughs> but in terms of the film, I think it's it's smart. It is. It's fun. Uh, the action is great. The musicality of it is great. Um, I feel I feel sorry for Edgar Wright. Yes, that he that his movie has now been sullied. Yes, you by know two things that meh. if he'd have, um, if he'd have stuck with Simon Pegg, he'd have done a, <laughs> would have been great. Yeah, he'd have done a good job. And Nick Frost, he would have been set. Um, but yeah, I mean, in terms of a concept and musicality, uh, I think it was a lot of fun. It was um, definitely. I think though my f- my favorite in the series. I'd have to go with Hustle and Flow. Okay. Okay. Yeah. See, I, I was thinking about going with Hustle and Flow, but then I remembered how much I loved Almost Famous. Yes, and that is, I think, one of those movies we do, we've been talking about that have that kind of following. Yeah. Um, this is definitely one of them. I think it's because out of all of the... It's not... I suppose Baby Driver doesn't have a style of music to it. But Hustle and Flow certainly does. Detroit Rock City certainly does. And Almost Famous certainly does. The actual music that I prefer of those movies is the music in Almost Famous. Okay. So I think that's what kind of I'm I'm drawn to that one because of as well. Yeah. But also I I really think it's a it's a really it's just a really great kind of road trip movie. Um, so is Detroit Rock City. Yeah, it's really fun, just kind of the whole concept. And I love those movies when, you know, everything kind of works out and comes together in a really fun way. It does. There's and a lot so, of infighting going on in Almost Famous, but yeah. they all realize by the end that it's a it's a greater good situation, isn't it? It's like, yeah, we might have our ups and downs, but in the end, we're together. Of course yeah. we're together. And especially with Detroit Rock City, like they split up and have to try to figure out how to get these tickets. And then in the end, they come together and somehow something that played into the plot earlier brings it all together in a nice little package for them to do what they were trying to do the whole time in a great way. So I love that kind of, you know, tie up. Detroit Rock City is certainly the funniest of them. Yes. I really love the over aggressive religious mother. Yeah. In Detroit Rock City. It's hilarious. Um, Almost famous is my favorite of those but i will give big big credit to hustle and flow because hustle and flow is another black movie that we covered yeah uh, this year or you know in 2020 not this year on the on the show and well worth doing it kind of made me not hate terence howard right and just the concept of like you know you kind of forget that people who you kind of see in a certain light they also have dreams and bigger yeah. things they want to do with their lives and and pure dreams like you know just wanting to do music you know you're a pimp and people just kind of put you know whatever they want on your name but you have bigger dreams and positive things that you want to do with your life and people maybe don't see that about you so i kind of love that story and how it works out and yeah while it is not you know a perfect ending for him like it, no. it feels real it feels real it does and the characters are really great and there's some great builds and moments when they make that first uh womp that trick song yeah. and just the excitement and in everyone in that moment 
of that accomplishment uh it's such a great scene so, i mean such so many great moments and i love the characters in that movie and just the story there is kind of pure you gotta give credit way. to the oscar winning song question mark it's hard out here for a pimp is an oscar winning song i'll give credit to that <laughs> song it's a it's a good song it's a good yes. song um next up we truly have well actually you are quite right janine you have just reminded me that it is time to hear more messages from people yes it certainly so, is steve will probably be here revealing the last of our series for you he guys. will he will um so let's hear you know his thoughts on what we've covered Movies and TV, they don't always cross over, but Disney Plus is going to reinvent that pretty soon. Um, there's some good stuff in there occasionally. Movies about music are very cool. I'm not into modern musicals as much. Um, black movies by genre, drama, comedy, all great stuff. I mean, there are so many great um actors and actresses and i'm glad that you took some time to represent those um they are vital to our movie culture janine hasn't seen it rhymes it rhymes twilight i will not speak of these <laughs> which movies fun stuff horror is not really my genre m night is cool presidential movies dave have you seen dave morgan Where's Dave? But Sigourney Weaver's in it. <laughs> Thank you, Steve. Thank, Thank you, Steve. Steve. We do. I love like Steve. that run through. It was, it was great. Um, Steve's done a better <laughs> job of the run through than we have. I know. We're getting caught up with just the nostalgia of it all. Yeah. Um, we do have another message we can play for you guys uh, from our really good friend, Eric Monroe, who always leaves us great messages on the show. We love Eric. Super supportive friend and fan of our stuff. So let's hear from Eric. Hi, Morgan and Janine. I just wanted to get this call in now because I wanted to congratulate you on a happy 100 episodes. That is quite a milestone. Here's to 100 more. I've had a lot of fun calling in and hearing your thoughts on what I think. Um, favorite episodes, I, I really loved when you guys did The People Under the Stairs. I also really liked when you did The Village because even though we kind of disagreed about the film, it was interesting hearing your thoughts on that film. So once again, happy 100. Oh, thank you, Eric. Thank you, Eric. And it sounds like that is the time to bring out the uh, something new line. <laughs> in, you know, it when is, we're talking about it the is village. Eric. <laughs> yes, it is. Eric can't relate, but he can empathize. He can. Yes. Definitely. Thank you, Eric. You are a true gem of a human being. You yes. are. You are wonderful. Yes. We always love hearing from you, so thank you. I got ahead of myself, Janine, before, because this next series truly, right, is the most difficult choice for me in terms of what my favourite movie was. This is modern oh, really? musicals. Okay. <laughs> this is Chicago, Dreamgirls, Hairspray, and Moulin Rouge. Yeah. <laughs> Four movies that I legitimately loved. I loved them all. For different reasons, for many, many yeah. different reasons. Moulin Rouge, obviously, because of basically just because of you, McGregor. McGregor, ugh. Just hearing him belt songs out unexpectedly like that uh, was kind of magical for me first watching it. I'm like, 
Ewan McGregor can do that? Oh my gosh, like that is amazing. So yeah. And you know, from a production design standpoint, obviously beautiful. it's a Baz Luhrmann movie. So yes, it's so going to be beautiful, dreamy and romantic and, and gorgeous to look at. Yeah. But I really liked Moulin Rouge. Chicago, I really liked as well. Chicago definitely felt the most of these like a stage musical. Yeah. Which I I did like, um, and obviously it's set in the 20s so it's got that kind of vibe that i really like um but the other two the other two are just the add fun to a quality musical you know chicago and moulin rouge are quality musicals really top quality musicals dreamgirls and hairspray add a bit of fun to them dreamgirls is obviously fake motown story that we can't directly say is Motown, but it is. Yeah. Jamie Foxx is Barry Gordy. Beyonce is Diana Ross. But we don't say it, do we? Yeah. We don't say it. <laughs> it but it's it's plainly obvious to everybody. Um, so Dreamgirls might be the favourite. But the one thing that Hairspray has, Janine, that the others don't have... And you know what it is. Don't even think you don't know what it is. Oh my gosh. You know is exactly it, it, what it is. Is it John Travolta no, it's dressed not, no, as no, a no, woman? It's not John Travolta. You're not thinking, Janine. You're not thinking. What does Hairspray have that Morgan would particularly love that the other three of these modern musicals don't have? Amanda Bynes. Amanda Bynes. <laughs> there ain't no Amanda Bynes in Moulin Rouge. No. Amanda Bynes is in not. Dreamgirls. Yes, uh, not Dreamgirls. She's not agree. in Dreamgirls. She's <laughs> yes. in Hairspray. I definitely agree um, with those two having the most fun. And they do both deal with race, you know. They do. Uh, they do. Um, in terms of just kind of general music and concept, I think I would have to go with Dreamgirls. But I really do love Hairspray. Um, had a lot of fun with it. I think with the Ewan McGregor unexpected singing, I also got the great unexpected singing of uh, James Marsden. Like, wow. Yeah. Um, loved that. So, um, yeah, I'd have to go with Dreamgirls just in terms of, you know, uh, a, a great black musical. Um, kind of yeah. how they dealt with the issues of talking about everything that happened in that Motown world. Great performance from Eddie Murphy, which we don't really get to see a lot from him, like in that vein. Um, Yeah. So just great storytelling, great performances, great music. The look of it was really great. Um, Yeah, definitely. They are all phenomenal. mm -hmm. They're all phenomenal musicals for very different reasons. They're also all period pieces. Yeah. Which is fun. Um, But like I said, Chicago for the fact that it feels the most like a stage musical um, and the music's just classic, isn't it? It is classic musical music. It feels like a musical that's decades older than it is in terms of a screen, you know, an on-screen musical. Yeah. Dreamgirls, like you said, uh, could be a biopic. It's that accurate, you know. Yeah. Um, And for all the wonderful things you've just said, Moulin Rouge... Again, you and McGregor, and the, if you want romancy, romancy in your musical, then Moulin Rouge is kind of perfect. <laughs> yeah, but Hairspray, I think, has all of those in it. 
It has yeah. all of those elements in it. Feels like a stage musical. Has significant kind of messages. And has romancy, romancy stuff in there. And it's a lot, there a lot of fun. Well. A lot of fun. And it has Amanda Bynes, which is <laughs> the fifth okay. most important thing there. All right. <laughs> so I'm, I'm going to have to say Hairspray. And I think I'm going to have to say Hairspray because it surprised me the most out of all of them as well. Okay. In terms of the fact that I liked it. All the songs are great. Top notch. Great. I loved all Hairspray. Right. There you go. So I think we can agree that this is probably our favorite series. Yeah, would you, it would is. Would you say this is our favorite series? It is. Um, it, in terms of concept and in terms of kind of importance, but yeah. also in terms of the discussions we had on some of these movies and the the discovering aspect of Mor- that Morgan hasn't seen has been for me... Um, I don't think has ever been or has ever felt more, I don't know, more, more not successful, but kind of, I've never felt more, oh, I've really lost what word I'm trying to think of. Um, not succeeded. I've not really like, lost like rewarded. What word. Rewarded. Rewarded. Okay. I have never felt more rewarded from a series of Morgan Hasn't Seen than I had with this one, Janine. Right. So how we broke this down was we did black movies was kind of the general theme, but we broke it up into genres and we did a double feature for each genre. So the first genre of black film we did was drama with Lean on Me and Glory. The second was comedies with Hollywood Shuffle and Class Act. The third was romance with Brown Sugar and How Stella Got Her Groove Back. Uh, The next one was action with Coffee and Four Brothers. And the last one was uh, black horror with Blackula and a vampire in brooklyn can i please quickly say because i actually do have a definitive favorite for each of them okay so yeah, can i say that, that. so yes. i'm going with lean on me hollywood shuffle how stella got a groove back coffee and blackula okay so for me i'd have to go lean on me uh hollywood shuffle uh romance uh, one is a tough one I know, because I love both of these, and they both kind of cover different things in different ways. And they both have um, tea digs tea in takes. them. <laughs> um, I think Brown Sugar. Okay. Uh, Four Brothers and Blackula for me. Okay. Okay. I mean, it's obviously Blackula. Vampire in Brooklyn's <laughs> great. I really liked Vampire in Brooklyn. And the like... surprise of Wes Craven telling the stories was great as yeah. well. Yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, in I think out of all of these movies... Like, there is how many? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. There's ten movies here. Yeah. Like, the my favourite one is definitely Blackula. I mean, I think it's kind of mine, too. Like, I loved Blackula so much. I thought it was going to be this ridiculous, spoofy, exploitation kind of ridiculousness. But, oh, no. It it's was so much actually... more... It was so much more than that. And just the gravitas. Uh, William Marshall, right? William Marshall. William Marshall. Uh, like, he was so, like, sexy and debonair and just suave and sophisticated. And just kind of watching that, you know, black noir uh, documentary about blacks and horror. And the director t- kind of talking about, you know, I had no one 
to really bounce anything off of. It was me, the only black person, and everyone else behind the scenes was white. So any kind of calls to make sure that, you know, people who look like me were treated well and portrayed well was kind of on me and yeah. only me. And uh, the fact that, you know, even William Marshall had the input, let's make um, Blackula's original character before he turns into a vampire be like an African prince who's trying to have a conversation with the actual Dracula about abolishing slavery. And, you know... Turns out Dracula's all for slavery. <laughs> and yes, Dracula is, a, is racist and is perfectly fine with slavery. And when he doesn't want to listen to this prince, he turns him into a vampire and thus Blackula is born. So just even the title would give you this sense of like this ridiculous black vampire man with afro, you know, doing ridiculous things in the 70s. But it's actually like a real story. And I love that they gave him some royal, you know, essence. And, um, you know, he's very smooth and sophisticated and he finds this woman and, uh, you know, she, she looks like his wife reincarnated and he, she's like the one person he actually respects enough. He's not going to try to kill her or hurt her in any way. And there's actually a real love that happens there. So there's a great kind of romance there and he's a great character and the horror elements are really great as well. And is you definitely just hear that title and think it's going to be ridiculous, but it's actually a really well-made um, smart film that portrays black people in such an excellent way. Um, so definitely such a surprise for me and, let's, uh, let, and I absolutely loved it. Let's not forget one of the best vampiric shots in movies, in vampire yeah. movies. Is that scene down the uh, hallway hallway of her coming towards, um, who is it? Who is it who plays What's the damn... Name? Uh, who like, is it? Uh, he plays the damn doctor, the, the or... hospital aide, or whatever. Like he's like the hospital janitor or something. It's not. Oh. Is it? It's not Donald Pleasance. Is it Donald Pleasance? No, not... no. Where, where did I? Oh, I'm getting annoyed with myself now. <laughs> who is that? Who is that man? Who is that man? Anyway, Janine, find out who that man is. Yes, I'm looking. Because um, lean lean on me was a great school movie i think that's probably one of my favorite school movies now to be honest with you that directly deals with that is it elijah elijah cook jr was that him alicia cook jr alicia yeah. cook jr of course it is why did i think it was donald pleasant i don't know why i thought it was donald pleasant he looks nothing like alicia cook um lean on me is great though glory again american civil war movies can't admit yeah, to like seeing many story. of those and a story um, that maybe not a lot of people knew about, you know. Yeah, I, I really can't admit to seeing many American Civil War movies, so I'm kind of glad that that's might be the only one I've seen. No, it's not because yeah. like Dances with Wolves is a little bit of the American Civil War, yeah. isn't it? So, but um, to hear like stories about the black regiments and stuff like that, yeah, I think. it's great. Also, Kevin Smet's favorite movie, so. Is it really? Okay. Yes. Okay. Hollywood Shuffle might be one of the boldest comedy movies ever made. Yeah. I loved so that movie. Smart. I liked Class so Act, smart. sure. That was, but that was kind of a sillier little movie, yeah, wasn't it? Yeah, was just it? kind of a fun life swap movie. Um, but oh my God, Hollywood Shuffle was 
impeccable. Yeah. I loved that movie. And the romance, Brown Sugar, How Stella Got a Groove Back. I mean, you is it? do you want Tay Diggs doing a weird Jamaican accent with Angela Bassett, or do you want Tay Diggs not doing a weird Jamaican accent and with Sonar Latham? <laughs> yeah. And really loving hip-hop, yeah. But I, um, I loved kind of just the whole relationship they had to music and how they kind of compared it to their relationship with each other. Yeah. So I think those layers definitely, you know, got that for me. And Coffee and Four Brothers, because I think the discussion we had on Coffee is one of the best discussions we've had on this show in its 100 episodes. Because it is a movie that has a significant amount of positivity in it and a significant amount of negativity in in its portrayals of black people. Yes. It it really does. Way more so than Blackula. Like, Blackula is a black exploitation movie, but in no... Uh, in no aspect of Blackula is there any negative stereotypes of black no, people. No, there's a lot of black excellence in one of the few black exploitation movies who like made an effort to do that, you know, to show black excellence in some now, ways. Coffee is obviously a very, very famous black exploitation movie. Yes. Um, made by a white guy, you know. <laughs> Credit to him, to be fair, he made a, a black movie. Because... It's undoubtedly a black movie. You know, I always had these issues with, um, is a movie a black movie if the director isn't black? But to call Coffee not a black movie is a little bit ridiculous. It's a black exploitation yeah. movie, you know? Yeah. Um, I almost had a more of a problem with Four Brothers being the fact that the lead is Mark Wahlberg. <laughs> yeah. How can that possibly be a black movie? I have, yes. well directed by john singleton i'm still not convinced the majority of the cast is black and i think they really took time to talk about those relationships of them being different races and growing up where they did and considering themselves brothers and things like that yeah they did and with john singleton's direction you know i think a lot of those kind of urban ideas and um you know lifestyles and things like that were were portrayed you know well, in a way that's more geared towards a black audience, I think. What so. I would what I would say though is, do go back and listen to the Coffee and Four Brothers episode for the coffee discussion, and yes. the Vampire in Brooklyn and Blackula episode for the Blackula discussion because we just showed so much love to Blackula, but we yes. had <laughs> a legitimately really worthwhile discussion on on coffee. Because it yeah. is, it's it's very much two strong sides um, uh, in the, the same, same movie. Coin. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, it's it's strange in that way. I will forever think it's hilarious, though, in Coffee, that what the hell is his name, Mister Big Daddy, or oh yeah, the whatever his called. name was, that pimp, and he had a whole song walking up. And, oh my gosh, it, it was. Very... was <laughs> The best thing I've ever seen it was, glorious. was this um. man dressed in full 70s pimp gear. Pimperish gear and had a whole theme song just he walking around song. for a good, it felt like a good five ass minutes of him just walking around Ooh, yeah. with that song. Oh, yeah. Big Daddy, whatever his name was. He, he's a pimp. Oh, yeah. Yeah. He's the man. Like, like, he's, <laughs> okay. We, we get okay, it. We now. get it. Come we on. get it. 
Um, but yes, and I will say, I, I mostly, I think, wanted you to watch Four Brothers just because of the soundtrack. Was oh, okay. Marvin Gaye. And yeah, it was. It was because it's it's, and, it's yeah. up there, isn't it? It's set up there in Marvin Gaye territory, in Motown yeah, territory. Right, and yeah, it's set up there. Well, black movies. Justifiably, we talked quite a lot about that just then, yes. Janine. Of course, we'll be a little bit quicker with these more recent <laughs> ones. Um, because, you know, we're not as nostalgic about these ones yet. Because, yeah, these were fresh from uh, just last year, so... Although, um, yeah, we did have Janine hasn't seen. <laughs> we did, so which this was, was my birthday, birthday month, thing, so we switched it up and we did Janine hasn't seen, which maybe maybe we'll have to do that every August month, uh, just yeah. Janine hasn't seen. We um, should do. And you got to have all the power, and you chose for me to watch Bugsy Malone, The Mummy. Um, the Haunted Palace and Suspiria. Yes, uh, I mean, three movies that I really, truly love, and The Mummy being, this being the 1932 The Mummy, purely yeah. because uh, you wanted to watch Universal monster movies. Yes. Um, so I thought that was a good kind of starting off point for you, because it's a little bit more romancy romancy. Than the others, that's why. Um, look, my favourite movie out of the other three, though, is a very, very tough, very, very tough decision. <laughs> I mean, it's probably Bugsy Malone, to be honest. Really? <laughs> it probably is. I adore The Haunted Palace. I adore Suspiria. But, I mean, I, I, I say rewatchability. I rewatch The Haunted Palace and Suspiria an awful lot. So I'll go with fun instead. But mind you, I find The Haunted Palace and Suspiria quite fun as well. I mean, Suspiria, I suppose I don't find yeah. Suspiria fun. I find The Haunted right. Palace fun. <laughs> and and that's my that was my favourite of the series, was The Haunted Palace. Okay. It was, uh, you know, I feel like I we've covered a bit of Vincent Price. Um, so it was fun for me to really get to see, you know, I love getting him to see him stretch his kind of horror yeah. a little bit because that's still kind of new to me it's something kind of like i've known about this man forever but i had rarely seen up to a certain point so whenever i do get to see it i i get why everyone loves him why he's an icon of horror um and so i had a lot of fun with this one seeing him really delve into that you know yeah. vibe of what he's known for and um just the story of it and the the green <laughs> gunge looking the makeup of the, of the people. <laughs> Don't <laughs> laugh at the makeup in the haunted <laughs> yes, palace, it, it, it did make me giggle a little bit. But um, yeah, I think for the story, for getting to see Price really delve into the 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 reason he is a horror icon. Um, okay, I, I I really enjoyed the haunted palace. Um, I did have fun with Bugsy Malone. It was very unexpected. I had no idea this even existed, so it was just kind of hilarious that it did, and just such a fun, silly concept, and really smart in a lot of ways. Um, you know, the mummy you know, was great I, as well. <laughs> I have a history with Bugsy Malone. Please go back yeah. and re-listen to the Bugsy Malone episode yes, as well. Yes, you and your child years being in a, a stage production of yeah, Bugsy Malone. It's um, such a good movie. <laughs> Just the mummy, yeah. I think I had only really seen um, uh, the uh, Frankenstein was the only okay. 
old classic Universal Monster movie I saw. So I was it was great to finally get to see this one as well. Um, Suspiria, a little out there for me. I loved the music. I loved the creepiness of it, that creepy aura of it, the kills and, and the effects kind of there were really great. Um, for an art piece of a film, I loved it everything about that yeah but just kind of yeah it it was it was a little weird for me i'll be honest but the art of it i thought was really beautiful okay yeah okay but you know bugsy malone and the custard pie guns were all for (laughs) yes splurge guns (laughs) yes what's your favorite song in bugsy malone janine um what's the one uh uh jodie foster sings my name is Tallulah. Yes, my name is Tallulah. Yes, understandable. (laughs) Perfectly understandable. It's so good. It's so good. Yes. Mm -hmm. Um, Equally as excited as I was about Bugsy Malone would be you about our next series, Jenny. Yes. So, due to, uh, you know, me really pushing this and our patron, Billy, really just wanting to support me in this, uh, he chose for us to do the Twilight series for series 18. So we did talk um the five Twilight films, uh, Twilight, New Moon, uh, Eclipse, uh, Breaking Dawn Part 1, and Breaking Dawn Part 2. So, uh, yeah, I was a huge, I read these books, I devoured them, and I'm not a reader. So, you know, really falling in love with reading and, and books mental was a big deal for me because I just never really read a lot um and you know I had pictures in my head of what was happening in these books you know while I was reading them so to kind of see that come to life was kind of a big deal and I became one of those crazy twihard fan people um so yes I I can wholly admit that these movies are ridiculous I can wholly understand why people hate them or think they're bad movies but for what they are for the world that they created I think they're great so yeah, I was very curious to see your thought process in going into these movies. I think my favorite would have to be Breaking Dawn Part 2, just because of okay. the action elements and the culmination of the twist of it. Yeah. Um, everything kind of coming together. There are, I guess, some weird things in there. But if you kind of know the books, you can fill in those holes for yourself and yeah. enjoy it more um, for what you got. Same director as Dreamgirls. So great yeah. kind of visually looking film as well. So yeah, Breaking Dawn Part 2 would be my favorite. But I ridiculously love this whole series. It was too much. <laughs> it was the first time since the Final Destination series that I can kind of i mean is it the first time since the final destination series that we actually did a series of movies no because we did terminator yeah but near enough it's the first time since then and it's certainly the first time since then that i felt a appreciation for a franchise that i never ever thought i would appreciate because I really did. I really do have an appreciation for the Twilight movies now. I understand the love for them. While I don't adore them, you know, like <laughs> you or other yeah. <laughs> uh, Twi-hard fans, as you call yourselves, I have a lot of appreciation for them now. And I like the twist ending of Breaking Dawn Part 2. Yeah. I like that it's... Some people call it, you know, oh, it's a cop-out. Ah, but it's clever, though. Yes. It's clever, though. It's very clever. I like the horror of Eclipse. Mm Mm-hmm. And I am entirely Team Edward. (laughs) 
<laughs> you were hitting murder from the start. I was. Um, I was. Mainly just because it's Pattinson, to be honest with yeah. you. But a favourite single movie? I'm not sure if I have one for Twilight. And I know I said I wouldn't do this, but I'm really not sure I have one. Because it's definitely not the first one. Yeah. It's definitely not the first one. But it's <laughs> definitely not New Moon. It's probably Eclipse. It's probably Eclipse because it's kind of like, it feels like it's the, the best movie. But then is it Eclipse or is it Breaking Dawn Part 2? Yeah. But then Breaking Dawn Part 2 has the weird CGI child. Yeah. Which mm-hmm. we don't like. So it might be Eclipse, Janine. Okay. Because I, I thought you would really like Eclipse because it was made by a horror director, yeah. uh, David Slade. Um, so um, there are some kind of horror elements with the opening and the, you know, newborns coming in and all of that. And we do get more backstories Michael of G. some of the other characters. Yes, we get like the Volturi backstory. Well, we get more of that in New Moon, but we do see the Volturi in this one and get more of them. We get more of Jasper's backstory and yeah. Rosalie's backstory. So we do get to know more of the Cullens, which I really appreciate. Um and yeah, I think this was kind of my breaking point of being a on Team Jacob, and then I jumped ship going into which might be into, why it's my favorite Donald. as well, because um, it transformed yeah. you into realizing <laughs> that Jacob in the Twilight movies is oh my god the whiniest whiner ever. <laughs> I think it's just you know I have. I have booked Jacob to kind of fill in a lot of Taylor Lautner's performance for me. So, um, <laughs> Possibly. That, that's my excuse. Yeah. Um, but yes, I would have to say just everything, the culmination of just me reading the books and visualizing the, how this would all look in my head and the twist and just everything that has been built up up to that point. Um, I think so many great moments um okay in in that final film so definitely my favorite and i will always love these films and i but i totally wholeheartedly understand why people think they're ridiculous um and i'm glad you found things to like and you could appreciate them for them in the world that it had created so i I appreciate that you had an open mind in that way and you could appreciate them for what they were in their own kind of world and their world world building i honestly i honestly really did i really did So then, of course, we had a fun Halloween series again, and we did witch movies. So we, we talked. <laughs> and I know you had some fears that you thought I was going to pick some, you know, cheesy Witch- four witches, four witches in, the city. in the city. Sex in the uh, city, know. but with witches. <laughs> yes, type movies. But uh, I went with Teen Witch, The Craft, Practical Magic, and The Witches of Eastwick. <sighs> it's a tough one. Weirdly, I kind of really liked Teen Witch. <laughs> and you thought you were going to really hate that one. I did. I really liked it. It was 80s weird. Cheese. <laughs> it was full cheese ball, but it was cheese ball in the best way. Um, the craft is like really dark, and I appreciated that. Yeah, I, I appreciated the the very kind of satanic witchiness of the craft. Yes, I, I really did. <laughs> Which is of Eastwick, though. Again, was 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 good. And very much of the and devil. Very, <laughs> very devilish. You've got Nicholson in there. Yeah. Practical Magic was very good as well, though. I mean, that... Practical Magic... I mean, it's not four witches in the cities. It's two witch sisters in small town New England. 
Yeah. <laughs> but you set a witch movie in New England, and I'm going to enjoy it. I, I'm, I'm, I'm probably going with the craft. Same, same. Um, you know, you know, I have my coven girls. You know, yeah. We, we found ourselves in like a group chat, just talking and kind of predicting how things would would go in our in our little community, and and called ourselves <laughs> the the witch sisters, and we did watch along of the craft, and um, you know, just kind of rewatching it for our film watching uh just yeah just very solid film yeah. about witches it's a teen uh, movie as well pop culture iconic a teen movie as well yeah and just kind of the issues they deal with you know again in, to go back to that black noir documentary um the uh, rochelle character she kind of talks yeah, Ra- about rachel kind of true true she talks about um you know, how her storyline and dealing with the racism and things like that. And people kind of coming to her and talking about, thank you for your portrayal in this film. And, you know, I've yeah. been through what you've been through and things like that. Um, and them all kind of using the magic to fight things that they deal with in their life. And um, yeah, so I think it kind of covers all the bases. It's a really smart movie and uh, really iconic in a lot of ways. So Definitely. While I do have fun with Teen Witch, it's ridiculous. You know, Top yeah. That is iconic in, it, in and of itself. God, yeah. Um, I forgot about Top That. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> I'll glory. have to rewatch Teen um, Witch again. Yeah. Witches of Eastwick, you got three iconic actresses mm. um, with three iconic hair colors, uh, you know, all being seduced by Jack Nicholson. So very fun concept uh, in that movie as well. And I hadn't seen it in years, so it was great to kind of revisit that. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I think I think the craft wins. And Practical Magic, I, I love that movie. Another movie soundtrack I had. Um, yeah, and a good movie about <laughs> sisters. Sisters, that sisterly bond was great as well. Um, so yeah, yeah, great movies all around. Really difficult to pick, but I, I think I got to go with the craft. Me too. We had a general horror series after this one. Yes. We 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 wanted to keep the horror going if I remember quite if I remember quite rightly. Um yes. we had the movie Haunt from 2019 which was mm-hmm. the uh the 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 fake but real haunted house attraction movie. Yes. Which was really kind of great and tiny it felt like a movie that i'd see at one of those horror festivals it it was really good i I had a lot of fun with that one we had fright night we had the people under the stairs and we had tales from the hood Hood. yes frankly janine as much as i look i liked haunt it isn't close to the other three i liked i liked tales from the hood it's not close to the other two okay (laughs) <laughs> and the people under the stairs is just absolutely outstanding. So, oh my god, I yes, loved I... <laughs> the people under the stairs so much, Janine. Yes. Um. Well, I had done uh, like a thirty-one days of Halloween in October and just kind of watched a, a Halloween movie every day. And so, in kind of discovering movies like Haunt 
and revisiting and and Fright Night for the first time, I was like, I really want to watch these with Morgan. I really want to see what he thinks about them. So that's kind of where the horror bled from October to this November series. So that's why Haunt and Fright Night were kind of, they were kind of the kicking off point movies that I wanted you to see. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, two black kind of horror movies yeah. that also were really heavily talked about in that documentary and that just couldn't fit in our, you know, little horror bit in the black films era. And so I wanted to highlight those as well. And I thought you would really love them. And I hadn't seen people under the stairs in years. So it was definitely one I wanted to revisit as well. Again, um, Mulder is not a bad movie here. No, they're all great. They're all a lot of fun. Uh, Haunt, I think, was, you know, a great a surprise. I, I was not expecting to like it so much and great to discover new horror and, you know, directed by the guys who wrote A Quiet Place. So you yeah. think it was going to... Um, be be good just based off of that fright night was a lot of fun the kind of creepy neighbor aspect and um well fright nights you know. fright nights particularly great because of roddy mcdowell yes and he's having so much fun and his whole kind of vincent price style character and the fact that they actually wanted vincent price for that role so i think roddy mcdowell was kind of pulling from that yeah um it's the cross between and... it's the cross between vincent <laughs> price and the heroic peter cushing you get in yes. hammer <laughs> movies it, it's a phenomenal homage from roddy mcdowell yes yes and, and like if you watch a little behind the scenes bits he's having a blast so that just makes you have so much fun with it as well I'm um, just a really fun story of kind of like what is going on with your creepy neighbor who's a vampire. Nobody believes you. So that's yeah. always a fun thing. And then just tales from the hood, uh, some great vignettes that kind of delve into some great cultural issues, but also get very kind of scary. Very I remember clever watching movie. this, this film as a child and really being scared, but also being kind of like interested in like, these are issues that are going on. Uh, for people who look like me in my world, yeah. um, you know, so it's like real horrors kind of being combined with actual horror, and it's just so smart. So very smart anthology, and, and the anthology, you know, uh, style of it was really great um, to kind of take that take on it. Because usually when you add the hood to things like Leprechaun in the hood, <laughs> yeah, we're not talking it, about it, Leprechaun it's just, in the you hood. Know, you know, you could expect it to be really just corny, but the fact that this really, you know, delved yeah. into a lot of black societal issues uh, under the genre of horror was really smart. Like Black but, Killer yeah, people, Janine. Yes, but People Under the Stairs, like Wes Craven, Next just level. kind of, yeah, and another issue of dealing with, you know, the real life itch issue of gentrification and bringing in horror elements and uh, your villains are just so despicable. And, and a race element as well. And and race elements as well. And your hero is a young black boy. Like, I love that as well. Um, and it's just so scary and you feel trapped and you're kind of running around this house and um, just kind it's, of the terror of all of that. And yeah. It, it's such a hero's story as well yeah like you literally have such it's a fairy tale i said i think i I think i Mm -hmm. mentioned this on on the actual episode um because it is a it's the darkest fairy tale you've ever watched but it is very distinctly a fairy tale yeah um i loved i adored the people under the stairs janine it is one of the it is one of my single favorite movies we've ever covered in the, in all yeah. of the movies, yeah, and I, was I so can't even think what comes so close. <laughs> I'm not even going to try and think what comes close because it'll take too long. We don't have that long left. 
Yeah, it's weird. Coming to the end. <laughs> it's been epic. It's been epic, Janine. Well, these last yes. two series are our most recent two series. We're not exactly nostalgic about them, I suppose, at the moment. Um, because it feels like we just did them yesterday. We did, essentially. Um, but we had we had the M. Night Shyamalan series, which was The Visit, The Village, Signs, Unbreakable and Glass. As Eric Monroe um, uh, alluded to before, my favourite of those was The Village. I really, really liked The Village. It's definitely a very Morgan movie. Um, yes. <laughs> but I, I liked all those movies. I really did like all those Shyamalan movies, and I have a new appreciation for Shyamalan now. You have a favorite of those then? Uh, this is really tough for me. Um, I actually really liked The Visit as kind of a uh, return to form from Shyamalan. Yeah. And uh, I liked Glass kind of being the culmination of. Uh, you know, a, a three kind of movie trilogy. And I was yeah, the, the East um, Rail trilogy, wasn't it? Yes. yes. And I thought that was really smart. So I think I would just have to maybe go with Unbreakable just because I thought okay. it was such a smart take on the superhero element. And, um, you know, the, the whole concept of being on a spectrum of, you know, good and evil. And, yeah. um, you know. Dualities at heavy play in Unbreakable. Yes. Yes. So I just thought it was a very smart uh, movie and uh, the character characterization uh, was really well done and just how it built to just a really interesting series and you know people have issues with glass but I kind of love uh, the evolution of this story yeah the surprise it, it made the surprise of um, split that much more exciting uh, and yeah I think like Keanu, Bruce is kind of great in his silence at times, like being a quiet, he you know, he, he's great in his quiet moments as an actor, I think. And he plays this really well. Um, so, yeah, I think in the series, Unbreakable is probably my favorite. I do really love Glass because, of, like I said, that final build, I think Signs was kind of a smart, uh, kind Very of smart. like I was talking about with Detroit Rock City, just kind of how everything kind of comes together in yeah. this great little package by the end. Um, and like a final destination, the fun of kind of looking for the signs and the clues going throughout the film lends itself well to kind of a rewatchability factor. It does. Um, the Village... The Village, I definitely, you know, in kind of watching it recently, there were some great things in it uh, that I really liked that I didn't really think I, I had enjoyed as much before. Um, so some great themes going on there and use of color and all of that stuff. Mm -hmm. Really loved The Village more on this watch than I think I had uh, in, in watching in the past. And yeah, I think The Visit also has some really great smart themes, uh, kind of having a young filmmaker girl be your storyteller. You know, it's kind of like Shyamalan telling a story, you know, about yeah. someone who's telling a story um, and kind of the weird horror elements that are in there. Um, and the themes of forgiveness and things like that were really well handled. Uh, but yeah, definitely think I have to go with Unbreakable. But I really enjoy yep. all of these movies. Yep. And Shyamalan Again, is really a great filmmaker and I think he, is. he deserves a lot of credit. Like I said, and I've got a new appreciation for M. Night now and there's not a bad movie here. Signs. Um, I'll give Signs a lot of credit for being an entirely different movie to what I thought it was going to be. Yeah. Um, but I really, truly loved The Village. Um, we do have one final series, which is the series we just 
spoke about um, in the last few episodes of Morgan Hasn't Seen. It was the presidential movies uh, series before we just round out this epic, truly <laughs> epic, epic hundredth episode celebration spectacular of Morgan Hasn't Seen. Let's hear from the best hype man himself, Janine. Yes, we have a message from Billy Paulahan, so let's see what he had to say. Hey, Morgan and Janine. It's been a while. No, I just wanted to congratulate you guys on 100 episodes of Morgan Hasn't Seen. You know I love you both to death, and yeah, I really don't have much to say except uh, happy 100, and yeah, you can watch the main show morgan hasn't seen and machine mondays all on the it's a wonderful podcast feed all right hype man out and again happy 100 oh thank you billy thank you billy (laughs) always hyping us up we love it we love you billy you're great thank you guys for your lovely messages for (laughs) today's show that means an awful lot to us you know here is truly to a hundred more episodes of morgan hasn't seen (laughs) um it's gonna be great but we do have to round out this spectacular epic hundredth (laughs) celebration janine with the presidential movies yes we did 22nd series 22nd series we did dave first kid the american president wag the dog and a double feature of white house (laughs) down and olympus has fallen and frankly janine None of them come anywhere close to the American president. Yeah, definitely the best. I mean, you know me for my romance and rom-coms, and this took on the political issues of a presidential film in serious ways while also being a really adorable kind of romance movie. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I don't think we've ever really seen the concept of the president trying to date someone you know he always has a wife or a mistress or something yeah um and i think yeah the concept of uh the president trying to date someone and how that's going to be perceived by you know his constituents and you know people voting for him and things like that and how that can be twisted um uh definitely some interesting themes that they really decided to delve into with this movie and uh great performances and you kind of fall in love with these characters and you want the best for them and you want um them to succeed and the relationship the president has with his you know staff is really great and um interesting and um yeah i just absolutely love everything about that story dave was uh, a lot of fun as well i really Um, like dave i really liked dave that's definitely the second one um you know if you if you're looking at the double feature i think i said i prefer we we preferred white house down didn't we yes, i think last we week mm-hmm. um which yeah is is true it's a more fun movie but olympus has fallen is it's like perfectly perfectly great as well wag the dogs like super interesting yeah um even though it was an, an unorthodox kind of presidential movie but i, I appreciated it for that um, first kid was a silly Sinbad Disney movie. <laughs> yeah, 
yes. I mean, I just always have fun with that one. Uh, Sinbad is kind of underrated, I think. I mean, he's I like great. Sinbad. He's really funny. Um, and yeah, just a fun look at the first kid, the, the kid of the president and what he kind of has to go through. And there's kind of some serious things in there about him, you know, really feeling like an outcast and, you know, the bond yeah. that him and Sinbad make is really fun, you know, helping him feel a little bit normal again and um, some serious things with, you know, crazy, you know, psychos coming to get him and, you know, uh, just a fun, silly Disney movie that I always just have a lot of fun with. And Wag the Dog was a nice surprise. That was also what Janine hasn't seen for me as well. Um, but I wanted more kind of movies to fill out this series. And so this was definitely an interesting look at uh, the, the uh, you know, the, spin the side sneaky, it, isn't it? the spin sneaky behind the scenes uh things um that happen to yeah. make the president look uh great you know in the best light to be shown yeah. in the best light especially now with what has been happening with our the former president and all of that kind of thing and how he's been portrayed and perceived and what he puts out there and how important that is yeah um how important that spin is. So definitely a really creative movie kind of taking on that concept as well. Um, and yeah, just a fun, silly double feature with White House Down and Olympus is following these two kind of similar movies that, you know, came out at the same time. Uh, but then I think we kind of came to the conclusion that White House Down is more like trying to be like Die Hard than it is, you know. Yeah, we did. It's more yeah, comparable to Die Hard than it is to Olympus Has Fallen. And uh, so, yeah, if you really want more insight on our thoughts on that, you can uh, listen to the episode because this was our most recent one. So, it was. It yeah, was. 22 series, I think 110 films. Uh, Madness. Yeah. Madness. Yes, I can't believe we got here just from you not knowing anything about <laughs> early MCU movies. I know. Um, it's silly. Um, it's so... ridiculous to know where where it started and where it, yeah. where, look where we are now. <laughs> we wouldn't know what to do if we didn't have Morgan hasn't seen, Janine. Yes, and um, I'm, I'm so proud that I've gotten to expose you to a lot of great movies that now you kind of love and um, things that I love uh, that I just got to share with you and yeah. um, it has been great doing this with you and um, I'm really proud of what we're building with this podcast feed and doing this with my best friend so I I'm, know I'm, I'm, I love it I can't say it any better than what you've just said so I won't I won't even try because I can't say it any better than that but there we go if you're still here you are the best <laughs> Yeah, you really congratulations. are. Congratulations. We're like we went, point some break. And Terminator 2 Judgment Day at the moment. Yes. <laughs> but look, we were celebrating. It's Morgan yes. hasn't seen's hundredth episode spectacular celebration, Janine, and it deserves yes, to be it epically long. It deserves to be. Thank you guys for listening to this glorious celebration of 100 episodes of Morgan Hasn't Seen. Thank you for being here with us for this journey. Hope you'll join us on the journey ahead through yeah. all the other stuff we have going on with It's a Wonderful Podcast as well, because, as we all know, Morgan Hasn't Seen isn't the only show, is it, Janine? No. <laughs> we have Machine Mondays every Monday with you talking all your schmo-down things. Janine the Machine, it is. Yes. <laughs> and the main show, It's a Wonderful Podcast, every Friday showing love to those wonderful older movies that we love so much. Those are 
Uh, I'm I'm always there. I'm always there on the main show. It's great. It's a wonderful podcast itself. Janine on every other week with Nolan Dean. It also joins me on the weeks Janine doesn't join me. That's how it works on the main show. <sighs> I, I'm I'm just kind of. I don't know. I feel like I've hit a high, you <laughs> yes. know. I feel like I've hit a high and I've got to come down from it. And I don't know how hard the come down will hit me, Janine. Hopefully not too hard. <laughs> Hopefully not too hard, no. no. Hopefully I won't be hungover tomorrow <laughs> But I know, I know how morning. you feel. I know how you feel. I'm, I'm just so happy. Exciting. I can't get a yeah, smile so off I'm my so face. Pr- I'm so proud of us. And yeah, here's to 100 more episodes. Here is to 100 more episodes. <laughs> Here is to new things with It's a Wonderful Podcast. Here is to fun things coming around the corner pretty damn soon, which yes. is fun, which is fun. We we are constantly talking about new things to do, yes. aren't we? So we, there's, there's going to be some stuff, but here is to a hundred more episodes of Morgan Hasn't Seen. <laughs> and if you have made it this far, then we'll tell you that the next series of Morgan Hasn't Seen is going to be modern black and white movies, and next week we're talking... Nebraska with Bruce Stern. Yes. There so, you go. Yeah, just a short little series on modern black and white in film. So please stay tuned for that. <laughs> well, well oh, to to find out all the It's a Wonderful podcast thing, you, 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 you can tell it's gone on for epically long and I'm struggling to speak <laughs> because I, I don't know what to say anymore. I don't know how to do the plugs. Um <laughs> I said, I've been I've been over the fact that it's not the only show you can find on the feed, but I, you can find the feed, of course, the It's a Wonderful Podcast feed on Anchor, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, Castbox, and everywhere else podcasts are found, or just on Twitter for all the updates at It's a Wonderful One. Find me on Twitter at the Purple Dawn with the three instead of the E in the because Janine. Three is the magic number. Or on Instagram at just the Purple Dawn. Join the It's a Wonderful Podcast Patreon if you are feeling particularly generous and join us on this journey of fun things. There's so much stuff going on on the Patreon. Go on there, find the tier that's right for you. That's the best way of going. It's a Wonderful Podcast on Patreon.com. Janine, all your good stuff is at where? You can find me at Janine DeBean on Twitter and Instagram. And if you want to get any merch for any of our shows... Or check out any of my artwork. You can find all of that at my Public shop at G9Design on tpublic.com. There we go. This has been legitimately like Ben-Hur. You can watch <laughs> Ben-Hur quicker than you can listen to this episode of Morgan Hasn't Seen Now. That's not, I'm just joking. I'm just joking. <sighs> I'm just smiling. You know? <laughs> I know, me too. I don't know how to end. I don't want it to end. I don't want the 100th episode to end, Janine. I've been so excited. I know, it's been great. I think there's only one thing left to do, though. Janine, I want you to do it in the voice of your favourite character from the movies we've talked about. <laughs> oh, goodness. I'm going to have to think of that quick. <laughs> I'm no. going to have to. Okay. <laughs> uh... Do it. No, okay. That, that's a lot. You've got to do it as Blackula. <laughs> I, know, I know it's a little bit kind of like pigeonholing you into your own race smooth black man okay three two one bye
Iron Man. 